episode of the Victor Podcast. Oh no, this is all wrong. It screwed me up already. Uh, ben, <laughs> if you could fix that. Hello, everyone. There I'm Brandon go. T. McClure. Uh, often confused by just the simplest things in the in the whole world. Hi, Grayson, in the chat already. Um, we, we are here Bloody hell! About, that, that was. We are here quick. to talk about a lot of things. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, of course, as I said, Brandon T. McClure. Uh, with me, as always, is my good friends Ben Magnet. Hi, I'm still suffering from a cold. Sorry. Sparks witty. Uh, I'm always cold. That's true. And Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm always hot. Yeah. Also yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, we're here. We're back again talking are about. You, are you ready? I'm Mr. You got to start because you're heat miser. <laughs> oh, I'm Mr. Ryan Mike Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. No, that's me. No, you're that's. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Yo, Mr. Sun. Can I be honest with y'all? The yeah. only context I know of that is from Batman or Robin. <laughs> oh. You know, that was like my favorite uh, of the... Uh, honestly, watching that movie, I want to say, what was it? It's not Santa Claus is coming. Deer Without Santa? No. Shit, it's, uh, what was it's the actually the, it's the um It's the Christmas in July. Frosty That's and it. Christmas in July. I think I've seen mm, that. Yeah, Maybe. that was, it was that one and Rudolph's New Year were like my two favorite of the of those old school stop motion films that I loved watching on Christmas Eve. I love those movies. What was the company that made those movies? Uh, Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. Rankin they also Bass. made my favorite movie, uh, Jack Frost with Michael Keaton from the 90s. Remember that Rankin Bass movie where he becomes uh, Jack Frost? I do remember that movie. I saw Rank, that movie Rank, in theaters. Rank Bass. All right. Now that we're off to that start, um, before we get into our weeks and, of course, the links section of the sh of the show, I just want to say welcome everyone again. Um, I will address something on the if you are listening to the audio show, you will have heard a trailer for a new show that we are that we are doing. Sparks, myself, and Jeremy Vellucci, who is the composer for all of our musics that you've heard here that you will hear tonight that you've heard on every podcast. Um, he and he, Sparks, and I have joined together to launch a new show on this family called The Real Score. Oh, there it is. The, it's a thing. Sorry, audio. There, there is the logo for our video watchers and for the audio listeners. I will post it on social medias, obviously. Um, but yes, this is The Real Score. Uh, Sparks, do you want to say a little bit about the logo, about Real Score, about anything? Hell yeah. Um, that logo was a lot of work and it came together largely because my wife uh, gave me input and suggested the gramophone, which I think brought the whole thing together because I was struggling up to that point. Up. Uh, so shout outs to my wife. She's my the best. Um, yeah, the real score. Uh, I'm proud of the logo. I'm proud of the show. Uh, due to the specifics of how we want it to, we want it to sound like a good show. And to be honest with you, our episode one's still going to be a little bumpy because there were some like issues on Jeremy's side. But regardless of that, um jeremy brings a lot to the table for us because he knows so much about music he plays stuff on the piano to talk about and break down what is valuable in the film score and talk about specific pieces but because he does that he has to record the piano separately and due to stuff that has been going on jeremy has been unable to give me the piano track for the first episode so until i have that i cannot release the episode so we're it's going to be a little delayed Sure. Um, what the what the real score is for those of you who don't know, if you guys have listened to the trailer from the from the last episode, then you know. But if you haven't, because if you're just watching the video, the real score is go is a is a podcast where Sparks, myself, and Jeremy discuss film scores. Um, this uh, upcoming episode, should I say what the first episode is, or should we yeah. wait? Yeah, no, say it. 
we're talking about the Batman, uh, but specifically Michael Giacchino's score for the Batman, mm-hmm. um, where we we thought that was a good place to start. And uh, this has been quite honestly a really long time coming because we developed the show. We thought about the show last year, and even before that, we've been Sparks, myself, and Jeremy have been talking about film scores for decades. We we've always been such fans of music scores, theme songs for characters, uh, John Williams. Um, you know, it's it's we're. I say like I'm an like I love scores. I'm an amateur score historian um, because I, I love I love them so much. That means nothing, but uh, what I was so excited about is that we finally get to have a place to do that. And Jeremy can, because he knows music theory, can really break them down in a way that like really opened my eyes to why these scores are so cool. Uh, specifically, the Batman, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Yeah, uh, I'm so excited because one, I know Jeremy and he's cool. Uh, but like. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. If it was just you two guys talking about film scores, I would not be as interested as much because oh, 100% actual musician is like incredible. Even just having someone who like, oh, I love music is not the same as like someone who makes me right. And who's in a band yeah. and like t- teaches and like is, you know, a no. tutor of music. And like that dude knows his it's, shit. So I'm excited to see this. No offense to you guys. No, but, no. Like Fair. him breaking down actual music theory and stuff is like, I'm really excited to see that because I don't know that shit at all. Right. It, it is the key of why we're doing the show the way we're doing it is because Brandon and I talked about like wanting to talk more about film scores, but we knew that there's no point when all we can say is like, what like we can do some amount of analysis, but uh, it's Jeremy's key to why the show is going to be what it's going to be. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited for you guys to, to hear it, uh, to see it. It will be audio and video, just like every, just like all of our shows, with the exception of one. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to, to, to finally have this one. Number nine, baby. <laughs> Number nine. Um, Number nine. All right. Shall we get into it? By the way, um, the audio feed will be up before the episode drops and I'll, I'll post about that. And so you guys can subscribe and, you know, like, and, uh, uh, get a notification when the first episode drops. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. All right. So that, that's that. So why don't we talk about some links in the description real quick? Um, I will talk about real quick. I just have the one. It's my, my comic book resources, cbr.com uh, link. I don't think anything new went up there, but check it out. Um, go ahead. Ben, though, has three links in the description, as always. Um, oh, three of actually, them this time? Actually, you have four if you count. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we count Basement Arcade. Um, so, Ben, talk about Grayson Live and Dean Dark. Okay, well... As you guys know, I'm hanging out with Grayson live every once in a while. We're playing Mega Man X. Uh, I'm playing Mega Man X4 on his channel. We're still going on. We're still going through that. We're still taking down Mavericks and having a grand old time. And of course, this episode of Dean Dark that came out this week is actually a special one because this one in just involves myself, Daniel Cruz, who plays Inmotep the Mummy, and our Dungeon Master because the episode prior, our party split. Because our good friend Larry became a werewolf, kicked my ass, and then got caught in a dream realm. So that's fun. And we're trying to get some stuff to help Larry out. Half the part, uh, most of the party is going to the dream realm, whereas myself and Imhotep have to go fight a giant, or we have to go fight a witch. That was fun. Can I, can I real quickly describe my perspective of, of what happened? Because when Larry turns into the, to the werewolf, because he's the wolf man, uh, Ben has this thing, is like, I will stop you no matter what it takes. And then the episode ends on a really dramatic note. And yeah. then the next yeah. episode, immediately, Ben gets his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Like, like massively hard. 
Like, do you guys remember those old episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! where Yu-Gi's about to face down with a character and it's that really well-painted end card of the of the two anime characters about to face down? Essentially, that's the end of that episode. And then immediately next episode, I do only two points of damage to the wolf and he does tw- and the wolf does 20 to me. Spoilers. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. But even Gr- Grayson is in the chat saying, like, I nearly got one-shotted by the werewolf. That was that was invisible man. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, for the, oh, those in the audience who don't know, Grayson Live, who uh, is often in the chat, he is he does DN Dark with Ben. Yeah, he plays Jack, the Invisible Man, as Ryan said like five seconds ago. <laughs> so both those links, so all three of those links, the two episodes of Grayson Live and DN Dark can be found in the description below. I'll use that to also segue into your Basement Arcade Pause Menu episode that dropped where you talked to... Emily, yes, Emily, uh, or um, Orbology. So, as you guys know, Orbology, Orbology, yeah, I still cannot. Come on, man. She was a guest on my show, and I still cannot get what her channel. I still cannot pronounce it right. I he he wrote it wrong in every section of the email he sent me for the description, (laughs) (laughs) and I went back because, like, it also comes with a picture of her logo material with the title, and so I was like. Well, she's definitely right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. She definitely is. Um, but as you guys know, um, as of today's recording, March 19th, the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShops are about to be closed on March 27th. So we have less than a week to go until those uh, until those stores are gone for good. I'll plug in my Wii U. And, yeah, plug in your... But also be careful because now there's news that the, some Wii U's are bricked if you don't turn if you haven't turned them on for a long enough time. The internal clock battery dies and it screws up the whole system. Hell yeah, Nintendo. Mm. We love it. Send it to DK Oldies. They'll fix it. Uh, I definitely I definitely turned my Wii U on in the past two years, so I'm probably okay. You're probably okay, yeah. But yeah, so she and I, we just sat down and we talked about the 3DS, essentially because she's a big 3DS collector. And if you want physical 3DS games, now that the, the eShop is about to go under because prices are going to go up, she gave great uh, great recommendations for websites to go buy essentially world editions of 3DS games, which is 3DS games that went into, say, like Malaysia, um, uh, Dubai, like the World Arab Emirates, because it's still technically the North American cart. There's just a little tiny sticker on the packaging that calls it the World Edition. And of course, you could buy Canadian editions. They just have a um, a France message or, or like a, a sticker on it that says this also includes the French language because Canada, half of it speaks French or French Canadian. But there are still good ways to get uh, to get 3DS games physical. But if you do want to get um, digital games, especially for me, because I have a Fire Emblem, I have Fire Emblem Birth, uh, Fire Emblem fates and i have two of the dlc not the whole thing and i should do that i actually need to do that sooner rather than later um because once that shop goes down it's done but it was a really good conversation about the 3ds so i highly recommend checking it out cool um uh, cool of course scream six which we reviewed last week has entered the cinephiles um both those things that we discussed um based on arcade pause menu and and scream six cinephiles are audio and video linked below and then you guys, actually, I'm going to do you last because it's the last one. Um, it was the last episode. So real quickly, I'll just say there's the Star Trek Picard uh, figures watch that Cookie and I did. We are uh, still a little bit behind, but we're actually going to catch up this week um, if, his, if his wife lets him. Um, but he, um, we talked about episode four of Star Trek Picard, another really solid episode. And, you know, still waiting for, still waiting for that rug to be pulled out from under me. Um, it's a good rug this time. Maybe maybe it's a really sturdy rug this time. I'm really happy. Stapled to the ground. 
uh, if they can really nail it, I'll be super happy. But still, even so, I still really enjoy talking about the show with with Cookie. Uh, he broke my heart twice in the episode. Uh, you can see both times in real time. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> what, just difference of opinions? No, he said he was the, the opening. We, he opens it like, I got to be honest. This was the worst episode of the show. My heart like sank. Um, and he was joking about it. And I was like, oh, my God. So oh, yeah. <laughs> And then he mentions his upcoming hiatus on his own podcast and unfortunately Pickford's Watch, uh, which was not a joke and did break my heart. Yeah, sure. But it is going to happen. Um, so that's linked below. You can check that out. Um, really enjoy that. Really enjoying that show. Really enjoy talking about it. And finally, Sparks and Ryan have ended their discussion on The Last of Us. That's true. With our good friend Pi. Jesus, Joel. Uh, uh, thrilled. Honestly, that pie could have joined us for that journey. Yeah. Um, we had a great time. Uh, Love talking about that show. Uh, happy to report. We did it last week anyway because we'd already watched it. But we I'll came off again. the heels of yeah. watching it. Yeah. Uh, but but I'll tell you again, it, they nailed it. It's great. We're very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time doing our Fake Nerds Watch. I hope anybody who hasn't checked it out checks it out if they've been watching the show. So, uh, you know, get on it, guys. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> if it were just an HBO show, it would be one of the best shows of the year. Yeah, it also happens to be based off a video game, which is also based off one of the greatest video games of all time. So it's just like it's a cavalcade of treasures with I this could, TV show. I, I know for both Ryan and I, it's definitely already in the top ten for this year. Yeah, it's again like this it's is not going to move. This year so far isn't as hard strong as last year. Like I'm not saying we're doing a top fifteen or anything. Like I'm doing top ten this year. But man, like Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, this movie. Like, what, what else? Does, what else? I don't even know. I don't even remember the rest of this year. That's why. We're only three months in. No, I know, but like we had Peacemaker, we had Everything Everywhere All at Once, like all these things yeah. were out. Those are bangers. Everything Everywhere All at Once was April. We're not in April. Yet, okay. So, you know. well, okay, fair, fine. Whatever. We can still turn this around. We can there's still turn this around. Whatever's next month is the greatest. Wait, Evil Dead's next month. Oh! <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, both those links can be found below. I did watch the beginning of it uh, because just it just plays when I'm when I'm putting the links. And uh, Pi's intro was delicious. Thank you for making him do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, we forced our friend. Gave him yeah. a week notice. <laughs> Did it help? We'll no. see. Um, we had cool. a great time. Pi's probably going to join us for some other stuff in the near future. So, you know, oh, always cool. keep an eye out. Um, so that that's all the links you can find in the description below. One last thing I want to bring up is this episode is going to be uh, is going to be reordered this week. Um, I did not have a chance to go see Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which is the movie we're reviewing later on in the night. Uh, so we are going to be doing the book club before the movie review after the bread and butter. So just so you guys know, that is coming up. That's how it goes, Superman. Uh, all right. So who wants to go first of the week? I will. I didn't know. Oh. Yeah, Ben, go. Yeah, I didn't do a whole lot. So mm-hmm. uh, this this week, um, I want to talk about two things that I got into. Um, the first, or not got into, I just continued. The first one, I started picking back up the Legend of Vox Machina season two. I I didn't I stopped watching it after episode three, not because I thought it was bad, just because life came up and other things were were invaded or just took over my brain, and I hadn't had time to watch it. It fell on the back burner. Show still awesome. The season, as far as I know, is over right now. I haven't seen, I haven't gotten to the end of it. I'm about three episodes away. It is still fantastic. Um, as you guys know, I love Vox Machina. That's, um, I know I haven't listened to the, all the Mighty Nine campaign yet, but that's that those cast of characters really got me more into D and D that I that I really got me into D and D, and it is still a fantastic show. So if you're a fan of Vox Machina or you're a fan of fantasy, give it a watch. It's really really good. The second, um. I, as you guys know, I've been finding a cold this, the, this these past few days, so I was able to get off 
uh, work early on Friday, and when I got home, I was like, you know what? I need to play my PS5. I haven't played Sonic Frontiers in a long time. I'm going to get back into playing it. And you know what? That game is actually pretty damn good. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy the whole open zone, open world. But it's definitely one of those games. It's kind of like Breath of the Wild where it's like, you know what? I will go. I'll just do one more thing. You know what? Okay, that was too quick. I'm going to do another thing now. Mm -hmm. And if I can only say like the only gripe I really have is when you go into uh, like the the speed levels um, like in cyberspace where it's like classic sonic where it splits between 2d and 3d um sonic style levels oddly enough i like the 3d ones a little bit more than the 2d ones mostly because i just feel sonic doesn't move very well in or the developers didn't um incorporate the 2d levels very well into this 3d game i mean they're still functioning but there have been times where i over i overshot a little bit so and I fell to my, and I just fell, and I had to restart the level over again. So, but other than that, it's still fun to explore. It's still very fun to play. There's a, I mean, a few minor glitches here and there, but other than that, it's still a really good Sonic game, and I'm actually very happy with it. That's good. Glad you're having fun. Yeah. Although, and watch next week, Metroid's just going to take over my life again because I'm because tra- I'm playing Metroid, Metroid Prime, and Kirby, and also Sonic Frontiers. But I do want to play and try to at least beat Sonic Frontiers because I saw reviews for Resident Evil Four Remake, and my God, oh boy, <laughs> dude, we got we got a Dead Space remake that's getting like tens. We got the Resident Evil Four remake that's getting like tens. Like, just it's it's, it's a year of great great horror revisited. Revisiting yep. the horror. Evil Dead's coming out. Revisiting horror. The year twenty twenty. Yep. Guys, have you and seen it, the early reviews for Evil Dead Rise? Yes. It oh was my at, god. Uh, or 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 Essex. At, uh, yeah, South by Southwest. I'm so glad I know that because <laughs> you said it real fast. Uh, I'm so yeah, hyped. I'm, I'm so so excited for for bad things to happen to people. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and probably no pun intended speed through Sonic Frontiers as fast as I can because I want that Resident Evil game. I want it so bad. I I love Resident Evil Four, and the fact that it's getting this much hype for it, it just makes me happy. Capcom did you and it again, I, yay! You and I also played some Knockout City. It doesn't bear mentioning. I just I appreciated that you did that with me. We did. We most certainly did. Oh, and I'm still mad that I didn't um, transfer my data from the old yes. servers to the Epic Game servers, and I lost everything. Oh, that's us. That's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. But you know what? Once again, you know what? It's okay because the game's going to shut down in June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> game shutting down in June, and I did not spend money on it. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I, expect uh, expect a couple of basement arcades about the end of Knockout City. We'll be doing yeah. that. So with yeah. uh, maybe Ben, but definitely with our friend Marty. So, oh yeah. yeah. Um, ben, is that it for your week? Yeah, that's my week. I shall go. Um, oh. I played a pretty tasty, deliciously large sized chunk of God of War Ragnarok, but I still didn't beat it. Um, <laughs> at this case, you never will. It's, no, it's, it's life, you know. And I, uh, you know, I, I will admit, like, I'm just less, it's not that I'm less motivated because I like playing it, yeah, but I'm less like, I'm less pushy with my free time and specifically like with free time that I can manage with my wife when you guys have already done the review so like i like there's no pressure like i'm like well i fit it in when i can yeah (laughs) um and that's fine uh but it's very i'm having a good time that's all i'll say uh i finished the rocky movies this week i saw this i'm excited for this yeah why why are you excited for this because i saw your score for rocky balboa 
I gave Rocky Balboa the same score, but I also still put it under Rocky too. <laughs> what? Yep. Oh, you crushed me. Rocky Balboa. I, I, I really like Rocky Balboa. It's my favorite. You, I can tell you in one simple reason why Rocky Balboa fell short for me. And it's that uh, the adversary. Mason Dixon. Mason line. Dixon is just not interesting. He's sure. not. He's not an engaging adversary to Rocky. Like every other person he's fought, even the one in Rocky Five has been a better opponent. Even though I don't like Rocky Five at all, um, uh, he's a, he was a real boxer. The, the that guy was a real boxer. That's great. I I, yeah. I also was not crazy about like the first half of the fight where like everything is filmed the way it would be filmed on HBO. Sure. And like they they stop being a movie and they start just being the telecast for like ten to twelve minutes. Oh on HBO. right, right. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, this is a choice, and I'm not loving it. Um, so the, those, but specifically, like, I just like Apollo Creed as an adversary more than I like Mason Dixon, and that was the big thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I disagree. Really I, I don't disagree with you. Apollo Creed is an incredible character. They've been they 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 never got better with Apollo Creed as the, as an adversary, yeah. uh, in my opinion. But I mean, he's the Vegeta of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. but Balboa is rocky balboa it has so much for me it you know I, i'm a sucker for legacy sequels just in general and this was just kind of like before they really understood what a legacy sequel was going to like fall well, into so as, you like, said that brandon so you said that brandon and i was like to me this doesn't fall under legacy sequel because like it is him like coming back years later but yeah. he's not Training. passing on to another generation that's what creed there's is. no next generation coming up yeah, to the, the legacy sequel which i feel like it, that's true that that's what i feel like legacy sequels are is about, it's about the legacy continuing and this is not about that this is like a, 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 one a last continuation one, this is a one last ride right but that's you know it, but it falls in the same line as like kingdom of the crystal skull for me where it's like you know it's it's very much still a legacy sequel of a of an older hero coming back to prove that they still got it while also kind of fostering a relationship with their son sure see what i mean like so I, I do see what you mean but milo ventimiglia isn't about to become the next rocky but Shia, Shia LaBeouf isn't about to become the next indiana jones yeah but they thought they, they wanted might. him to be why <laughs> they made that movie thinking he might no because they because at the end of that movie he takes the hat, indiana jones takes the hat away like no 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 you'll never be me kid Shia LaBeouf was so hot at the time yeah, no I, i'm not that. disagreeing i'm not yeah. disagreeing that he wasn't hot but i don't think the intention was the past indeed to shia labeouf here's the thing um, if crystal skull had been received like 100 10 positively we would have seen a movie about shia labeouf's character yeah, yeah possibly it, it, it would have happened uh but I, but all I, this I, is i hear you <laughs> all this is to say that just like what rocky balboa is doing works for me on a level that all the other rockies don't it's it just it just hits me and it, it just hits me in a place that's more it's more sentimental yeah i I think he makes an interesting choice with the the way he handles it, the Adrian stuff. I read why he did it, and I was a little like, "All right." And then I I, I get it, but I also kind of feel like there was a way to still involve her and have her past, yeah. um, so that she at least got paid for this. Because I'm like, just cutting Talia Shire out of the franchise was kind of shitty. Sure. Um, uh, I get why he said it because he's like, to, in his mind, he's like, Adrian would just be there saying, don't do it. And he's like, that's all she'd be as a one note character. And I'm like, well, you know, that's fair because she's basically a one note female every time you write her. Okay. Um, I'm like, man, that's not, that's, that's a bad interview there. <laughs> at least he, at least he acknowledged it this time. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then, but then, you know, he decides like, I'll bring in a different female who I'll make a, a real like, you know, supportive force. Who's instead of saying like, don't do that. Rocky should be like, no, nah, you should do that. Rocky. What's and her that's name? Lil Marie. Lil Marie. Um, 
there's there's a lot to like in Rocky Balboa. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's up there. It's my number two on the list. Yeah. But, but Rocky two beats it for me. It's so interesting that you like Rocky two so much. I get it, but it's interesting. It's a good movie. I don't know if you totally do. It's what, a good movie. But I do. Taste it's, is taste, man. It's all subjective. Like there's there's like for me, there's a lot in Rocky Balboa that works on a very fundamental level. And for same thing for you. R- Rocky two works for you on a way that it doesn't work for me. And that's all just that's all what taste and subjective opinions are. Sure. Yum, 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 yum. Here's here's uh the thing we can both agree on. Um I wish Polly was out of the franchise way earlier. A million uh, percent. He sucks, he sucks the air out of the room on Balboa so hard. Yeah. Um uh so that also is kind of a ding. Um <laughs> Polly's Polly's terrible. I, I don't when he him. walked into that restaurant, I was like, How are you still here? I don't need his racist bullshit in this movie. Anyway, um uh there's that and uh is something I know we absolutely agree on is Rocky five is just utter trash. Just it's garbage. 100% trash. Just absolute garbage. <laughs> um, I think that's uh, the one that I haven't seen. There's, there's very little redeeming about it. I won't say there's nothing. I think there are tiny minuscule morsels of, re- of redeeming things about it. I made it this far in life. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, Creed okay. is a better Rocky five. I'll move on from that to uh, say that, History of the World is something I watched both rewatching the movie and we watched the first two episodes of the show. Yes. Of History of the World Part Two. Hell yeah. Um, because that was something we felt like doing in this house. Uh, and that, uh, uh, man, I forgot that History of the World Part One is Mel Brooks' just absolutely horniest movie. Um, <laughs> like it, it is, it is full tilt horny, um, <laughs> which is pretty insane. Uh, but uh, I'm really enjoying Part Two. I'm really enjoying part two a lot. Yeah, it's it's the same movie, but without a lot of the old school, uh, not so gr- good stuff. Gross stuff. Yeah. Which there's a lot more of it in that movie than I remember. And yeah. that's just me being 15 years old when I saw that movie. Which Mel Brooks so. also kind of acknowledges. No, yeah, part it's, two. absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's, it's a thing of a time where I'm just like, oh man, even the really good guys accidentally did really bad shit. Just like, because it's just, you know, it's just, you those, grow up in a culture. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that second, culture feeds you. That second, I didn't realize he wasn't going to like be in it. He's not in it. No, he's 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 the, the voice guiding it. Yeah, but he's not in any skits. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in the skits yeah, before. I'm just surprised I haven't seen him so far. But and he did I've have seen, a good. I've seen four episodes. No, okay. six episodes. Okay. How many episodes are there? Eight. I don't know. Okay, I've, I've seen all but two, and he hasn't okay. shown up yet. So. Yeah, except technically the beginning of the first episode, okay. which is yes. Yeah, but it's a great joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which I will not spoil, yeah. but it's a great joke. Uh, every comedian that they got is perfect. Uh, uh, it's it's really funny, and it's like you know, like it is like old school, like just like slapstick, stupid, really funny humor. Like being mean, but not like being like really mean to people. Uh, it's just like Mel Brooks is so is, is so great. I love that. I love him. He's great. So uh, I uh, do you have anything more to say about Sparks? Because I, I figured I'd bounce in because I also watched it. Go ahead. Um, I also watched History of the World Part Two. Um, just the the first six episodes and one thing that i that i recognize is that like you know mel brooks's humor is really low-hanging fruit like it's very much like pun style humor the 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 quickest gag and it's very funny it works for me and it works for me really well um but one thing that really really endears mel brooks i think is that he never really unless you're hitler he's not punching down um he's definitely not trying he's not definitely not doing this to be mean yeah. He's just doing it to get a laugh, unless you're Hitler. Um, in which case, yeah, screw him. Um, and I think History of the World Part Two really carries that on 
in a more 21st century way. Uh, now, all the jokes don't work for me, but there are some episodes that just had me in stitches. You haven't seen episode three yet, but for me, episode three was the, the standout. It was so funny. Um, I, I'm, I really appreciate that, like, a lot of, not to say any gags, but, like, there are sketches that keep going throughout the series that yeah. kind of build and build and build and and it really works and uh, really works for me. I'm I really like it. It's very funny. I'm excited to watch more. I will say there's maybe a smidge more Nick Kroll than I wish there was. He's sure. in a few more sketches than like Are you not I'm, a Nick Kroll guy? I'm I like him. I just don't like I don't like all of his gags in sure, the sure in the yeah. show. So like there's some where I'm like I don't know did we need nick kroll to do this one <laughs> like and and it, just because like him in some specific points there are other points that, where he's totally working yeah, yeah. for me but in some specific points i'm like eh. sure I, 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 that's, I, that's a taste thing i i've like never watched big mouth or anything but i just think that dude's like really really funny ike baronholtz that plays i think plays ulysses s grant yes he's awesome i love him and every sketch he does i think he's so funny yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he's in Blocker as a movie that I quite enjoy. Oh yeah, you should see him in uh, After Party because he's the guy. Who, oh shit! He has the like Fast and Furious head cannon for himself. Did uh, you see? Did you get that? Yes, that's right. Did you see the? Um, did you see Ulysses go to West Virginia yet? Yeah, the town of Rockridge, not that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah not yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, very funny. Very good. I'm excited to watch more. I'll move on to some other things, just uh, some last wrap-ups. Um, I watched, I watched, excuse me, The Mask of Zorro uh, for reasons. Um, that movie is really, really good. Anthony Hopkins being cast in a role he shouldn't have been be damned. Uh, that movie's still really damn good. And I can't deny that Anthony Hopkins is bringing it. He's yeah. acting the shit out of the role that he shouldn't be in, but he's doing it. I didn't watch it with you, but I was constantly going up downstairs and was like casually watching it. I'm like, yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And, and, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, I heard it from my room. I'm like, is that, I hear it. <laughs> James Horner. Horner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, very happy to watch it again. I've watched it in 4K. This is the first time because Ooh. I recently got my 4K copy and it looked damn immaculate. Incredible. Love it. Yeah. 90s movies look, man, movies look good. For, for reasons, I decided to upgrade my DVD copy to a 4k copy uh this past week I, I had some extra money and i was like i'm gonna buy this hell yeah okay uh i bought the steelbook it's beautiful i watched the mandalorian episodes one through three Crazy. so did uh other people on this show because we did a fake nerds watch about it that isn't out yet but it will be momentarily so uh you'll be seeing it very soon and we had a great discussion with it our friend forrest was on that discussion with us um, oh, really that's the way forrest forrest joined us for it uh oh. Uh, we had a really good discussion. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to uh, get back to seeing what comes of what we discussed and where that show is going. So I hope you all check it out. I hope you have a great time. I hope Brandon joins us for the next time. Yes. And my goal is to join for the next one. I just, I was one episode away. <laughs> and it's, it was like, and it's the longest episode too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is I've started, I'm only two episodes in, but I've started watching a league of their own, um, which is the Amazon oh, yeah. series based off the film. Uh, I, very specifically, I did this because um, it was leaked that Amazon is considering, it is not final decision, but is considering uh, giving a four episode second and final season to the show. And people yeah. are mad about it. Very mad about oh, it. I heard it um, about, because I heard it, it is a, no, so, so this, it, the information got leaked. The showrunner said like, this information got leaked 
the official hammer has not come down. Okay. But like, if you want to save the show, now's the time. Okay. People are paying attention. Now is the time. So talk about the show. And people have been. They've been talking about it a lot this weekend. It's getting a lot of buzz. Um, and a lot of people have been watching it. So I'm hoping that the show actually does get at least a full second season. If it's going to be the final one, a full order of eight, because that's what the first season is, or more seasons than that. Um, so time will tell. But um, from the first two episodes, they have a great cast. Uh, truly, like, of people I'm familiar with, like Darcy Carden from The Good Place, mm-hmm. um, and people who are new to me. And I think they're all great. It is a... You know, it's an entirely female lead cast, um, and they're killing it. They're just killing it, and it's a lot of great queer representation happening. Um, it's a great period piece. I'm really enjoying it. I highly recommend that if you've been interested, like because they are paying attention right now, like check out the show. Is it um, related to the movie at all, or is it just like a new a new thing? It's just based off the same like idea, storytelling okay, yeah, idea, yeah. and everything. It's like, not like a like a like a legacy. Or so like so just like the book, what it is is it's uh ju- it is loosely based off the film, but it's also based off the book written by two of the women who were part of this, who were queer and uh, in a cut relationship and they had to hide it mm. because of being part of this team and what that was like and that experience of going through the league and, and how it was because part of what they are doing at this point in the show where I'm at um, in these first two episodes is that they are trying to make them seem like proper women with a small amount of sex appeal, but like very controlled uh, to get engaged the white male to get butts and seats sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the queer women on the team are really being affected by that. It sure and does sound like a league of their own. I'm I'm really impressed with it, to be honest. I think it's very tightly written and very well acted. So I, if you're interested, go check out the show. Now's the time. Yeah, I bet I want to. Anything else? That's it. That's my week. Nope, I'm done. Right? I guess. Um, spoiler alert. Would you be surprised I didn't do a lot this week? Um, I did start to catch up on this little podcast that I've been hearing some things about. It's about some misfits, outcasts even. Ben? I started to catch up on Dean Dark. Grayson, are you still in the chat? What's up, Invisible Man? <laughs> uh, I'm only on episode... I just finished episode six at work. I listened to three episodes today. That's a really good time, dude. I have one question what? for you. Is that edited at all? Or is yes. that how it Okay, because like it is so tightly... Like, like you guys, somebody talks and somebody talks. I'm like, it is so tightly edited. I'm like, you guys have the best rapport of anyone I've ever met in my life. So like, if it's edited, that makes me feel so much more confident. Because <laughs> that shit <laughs> yeah. is so good. It's so, whoever edits that show, props. 100%. That, Ryan, that Ryan would be basically dick. coming out and saying like, Ben, why aren't you like this on our show? No, it's just, <laughs> it's really impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that would, our, our dungeon master. Yeah. Our dungeon master is the one who does the editing. And he, yeah, he... Even when I started listening to the episode, when I would start listening to the episodes, just to, just to a to relive it to recap, and also it kind of helps with a recap of like what happens. Because now I started taking notes, and I have a little notebook that I take notes in when we play the game, and it does help. But also just listening to how he edits things, and all the sound effects that he does, it's just like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like so it's just so these- it's just so good. Because when we play it, when we're playing it. We have like ideas, and sometimes, and there's an episode that's coming out eventually where I think you guys are gonna love Brandon, especially. And I hope he puts in a certain sound effect, and and it's just gonna, yeah, he doesn't. He's a wizard essentially. He's our dungeon manager, but he's also a wizard with this like editing it. stuff. So all of the like when he does like a radio voice, like that's all in post, like he, all him. Are you guys up on Discord? Yeah, incredible. God, I love man. I love technology. 
makes everything makes it magical. It's yeah. a great like, show. Great show. When we when we're when we're playing, he does his voice to do it in like a certain way. Yeah. But when uh, but when the episodes come out, like when he does that radio voice, that's him modulating it in post. Love it. I'm having, yeah. a, I'm having a wonderful time. It makes me really want to continue doing that D&D thing that I started to work on like a year ago. Hell yeah. yeah now, I'm, now I'm mad that you were this is a good part of your week because now I totally spoiled something that's coming Dude, that, up. You spoiled like... You've spoiled like, like every episode. Does, I'm every like, week you come on I'm and on, tease it. Like I'm on episode six. I don't remember what happens in 12 weeks. Whatever, whatever, all right. You know what I mean? Like, all right. <laughs> you're good. fine. You're fine. Um, uh, besides that, um, I... I've just been goofing around my VR headset still. Uh, I got a new computer and that's been still troublesome. I got a new graphics card and I probably mistakenly, uh, I bought a cheaper one because it was cheaper on Amazon from China. And it's like, it mostly works. Uh, <laughs> but like, I wanted to play, there's two games that were on sale because Steam's having a big VR sale and it was like the perfect time. So I bought Skyrim VR and guys, real quick, I want to count how many times I bought Skyrim before because <laughs> I'm part of the problem because <laughs> that game came out on the Xbox 360 in 2011 i bought that copy yeah i also definitely bought the ps3 copy when it got came up for the ps3 mm -hmm. i also bought the ps4 copy mm -hmm. i also bought the ps4 special edition copy i also bought the pc special edition copy guess what last year there was the anniversary edition where it was a it was a 20 dollars upgrade but i bought that twice on the ps5 <laughs> and on my pc because i want i want all the shit guys skyrim's an incredible game there's like there is like there are very few open world rpgs that are like I just love living in that world. And, and y'all, full, full respect. Yeah. And, and like, I fully, that is the one game where I'm like, that I respect. You made a good enough game where I will buy it for the rest of the time. It is the Mario of open world RPGs. Mar like, I will buy that game endlessly over and over again, right? Um, playing it in VR is an entirely other, is an entirely different experience. It is incredible. It is like, most of the VR games I've played so far are on the Oculus itself, so it's built into the headset, meaning it can't be a full-ass, big-ass game like you'd have on a PC or, or a PS4, <clears> right? So most of the experiences are, they're really fun. I'm having a great time, but they're mostly like like combat like combat scenarios and combat challenges and like sandbox arenas. Like, they're limited. They're limited, yeah. Like the, the game files, like, like Cyberpunk's like 100 gigs. The biggest file size on one of these things is like 5 gigs. Like, it is incredibly limited, right? But if you have a PC, you can connect it to your Oculus, and you can play PC VR games. So with Skyrim, uh, I'm able to play Skyrim VR. And that is truly, I played that game for over a decade, for hundreds of hours. It's like playing that game for the first time again, because like I'm walking around. All the NPCs are my size. Uh, they're just talking to me. And like I have to pull my weapons out. Like It's, it's just like... It's so great. And the game looks like shit. Like, you know, those games, <laughs> they always look like those games. Starfield is already, is not even out yet. And that game's already outdated graphics. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been about graphics for those games. It's about, like, about the world and how good the RPG elements are. Sure. So just being in that world again is so fun. Uh, it's so great. And I downloaded a bunch of mods. Uh, again, and so it's just, like, wonderful, fun experience. Love it. It's, like, a perfect, I'm just living my own Dungeons & Dragons fantasy experience right I'm now. I'm happy for you. Uh, also, the, the best VR game ever ever released it probably will be the best vr game ever made is half-life alex right. um it is the reason people buy a vr machine and yeah. guys i am not exaggerating what i'm saying that is a life-changing game experience there is no other vr experience i've had like it that is a full ass like like an uncharted style game like you know like uh, like uh you're going down corridors shooting people you know like a, a narrative game uh, but you're in VR and you can pick up everything and everything is so detailed and your hands work and all the fingers work. And it's just like, oh, if this is what the future of VR is, I see, I see the appeal. 
Like once you can start putting real games into this shit, like that's why the PSVR, I was kind of excited, but I didn't buy it. Because there's a Horizon game that's a full-ass Horizon game that looks incredible, that has PlayStation 5 graphics, and it's VR, you're shooting bows and shit. Um, and I'm like, oh man, it's not a gimmick anymore. We just needed the technology to be able to reach to, to these levels. Right. Um, and unfortunately, my PC is still not like the best, so like these games aren't running super well, but they are running, and that's still fantastic. Uh, I would need to spend like $2,000 to have like an incredible VR machine. Uh, it just needs so much processing power uh, to be able to do so much, like, to so much uh, wrap around and, like, having two separate video uh, uh, video images running at the same time for the for the VR machine to work. It's just so much power. Like, sometimes my computer just shuts down because it's like, this is too much power. Unlimited power is not what I have. I got 750 RPGs. So what you're saying <laughs> is now you're playing with power. Now I'm playing with limited power. <laughs> um, regardless, even though I'm crashing more than I'd like to, uh, it's still a great experience. It is so much fun. Uh, like, man, like, Half-Life Alex is, like, it's incredible, man. Like, it's, it's, like, the first, it's, like, the first time you played, like, I don't know, man. Like, first time you played Halo or, like, Batman Arkham Asylum. It's, like, man, video games can be like this? Holy shit. Halo's probably a pretty good Halo's time. a good one, yeah. Especially because, like, we played that when we were young. Um, like, even, like, we we didn't necessarily maybe experience this, but, like, the generation that, like, got Doom. Uh, oh, after yeah. After they played everything before Doom, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. got Doom, and they're, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like Half-Life Alex is like truly and like I've read a bunch of reviews and I was like before I bought it was on sale but I was gonna buy it anyway but I read a bunch of reviews they're like this is the real deal y'all this is the first like like quote-unquote like next-gen VR game uh and it came out two years ago so like the future is incredibly bright I'm so excited I will probably I will buy a PSVR too because if they're gonna make if I can play Resident Evil like 4 and Resident Evil 8 in full VR and it's like better looking than my Oculus because the PSVR 2 is incredible it is a piece of technology it just has a very limited software. I don't want to spend almost $600 to play like two games. Uh, so in like a year or two, that thing's going to be banging. Playing, dude, we could play like Resident Evil 4 in that shit. Oh my God, give me a break. Love it. I have I have a question for you, Ryan. I have an answer. Is Choo Choo Charles available in VR? No, not yet. But Damn. the fun thing about the modding community, Brandon, is yes. I found that you can play so many games in VR with just enough, just enough work around on a computer. So, also, also Brandon... There are yeah. plenty of PSVR horror games that we will make Ben play. I um, know, but he's he's very scared of Choo Choo Charles, and until now, forgot that it was out. So no, no, I I remembered it was out. I was actually talking about it to a friend of mine who came back down from Washington today, and I told him what the game was about. And I'm very stay I'm tuned for it. our stay tuned for our October Basement Arcade series uh, for that. That's be fun. It was thirteen dollars. It was the best thirteen dollars I ever <clears> spent. Then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although I will have to say I love Ryan, I loved your Instagram story of the spelling mistakes on your graphics card box. Oh, that was a great time. Um wow. anything else, Ryan? Um probably, but like it's nothing of significance. I watch I watch so many YouTube. I'm just like I really just loved listening to, to the D and D podcast, Ben. Because like I haven't listened to Critical Role in a while, and I just I really do love D and D. I love I love like real play. Oh, I did also start listening. There's another Friends at the Table is another real actual play podcast. Uh, I'm listening to one called Counterweight, which is a mech noir. Uh, is part detective story, part mecha story. Uh, that Austin Walker hosts, and he's been on uh, Giant Bomb, Vice, Waypoint. He's a, he's he's a guy Sparks and I really like. Um, he has he's been running games like this for like a decade. So I'm going back to the beginning because he's had like this 10 year world he's built. So like yeah. it's it's a slow process, but I wanted to make sure I got some some spookies yeah. in too. Yeah, Ryan, I will not lie. Um, because I told you guys I got the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide and the Monster Manual for Christmas, right? 
Um, I want to start with being a DM. And not only that, when I went to uh, SideQuest, which is a booth at Frankenstein's that deals deals in Dungeons and Dragons stuff, I dice, modules, everything. Awesome. They have a Dark Souls rule book yeah, that's compatible with 5e. And I cannot tell you how bad I want to do a Dark Souls campaign with you and some other people who are into it because I want oh, to do that so freaking Oh, bad. it's compatible with D&D. All that makes it easy transfer instead of being like five, its own little thing. Yeah, mm. it's a five. Mm. It's 5e compatible. Lovely, lovely. I want to play. I want to play Dark Souls, and also the best part. Once you get past the first page, the the flyleaf, the first page, you want to know what it says? Prepare to die. You died. You died. Oh, that's close. Love it. So that's All that's right. me. Lots of this podcast in a way. All right. Uh, so I already talked about History of the World Part Two, so I won't. Uh, I won't. I won't uh, talk about that. Um, I watched a movie. I finished a movie that Ryan already finished. Uh, Battle of the Super Sons. Um, you talked about mm-hmm. that a little while ago. I didn't know it was written by Jeremy Adams, the current writer of the Flash series. Uh-huh. That was cool. Um, I ended up really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I think the script could be tighter. Um, with the animation, it makes the pacing a little slow in the middle, mm-hmm. um, especially because the animation is not is it, it's rough. It's not as great as it should be. It's weird. Uh, it's a yeah. it's a cool first first step for what this eventually could look like. Yeah, I think where it really succeeds is honestly with Starro. There's a lot yeah. of really cool like Aldrich, Eldritch horror with Starro. There's um, I don't mind I don't mind saying this, but like Starro comes out of people's mouths and it like slithers up their face, and that's how that's how Starro is is hiding. It's awesome. Sight. So yeah. cool. Uh, and Starro himself looks really interesting. It's in a way mm-hmm. I've never seen him look before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really cool thing is that it feels very much like the Super Sons. You know, obviously their comic book does not exist anymore. Uh, John Kent in the comics is older than Damian Wayne, but it's really nice to see the two of them at this age working together for the first time. And this is like their meeting. Um, and I just, you know, if you like their dynamic, this is a really good adaptation of that dynamic. Um, the kid who plays Freddy in Shazam is John Kent, Jack Dylan Glazer. Jack cool. Dylan Glazer. We'll talking about today. Look at that. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I liked I liked specifically I think the the movie that it sells, which is a movie about the Super Sun, it succeeds very well. I 100 percent agree. Um, I will talk about did Titanic sink? I meant to talk about this last week, um, but I finally finished the podcast, this kind of conspiracy podcast that I was talking about called Did Titanic Sink, um, which is a theory, which is a conspiracy that I've talked about. I talked about this two weeks ago, and it was just Ben and me. Basically, for those of you who don't know, it's a podcast around the conspiracy that it was not the Titanic, it was the Olympic. For those of you who don't know, there's a long-running conspiracy that the Titanic was not the ship that sank. It was, in fact, her sister ship, the Olympic. Have they talked to Jim's camp, to Jimmy Cam's at all? No, they don't talk to Jim, James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Um, curious what it is, is one guy who is who has obsessively studied Titanic for his entire life and the conspiracy around the Olympic at the Titanic detailing what the conspiracy is, why the conspiracy uh, came around, where the what the evidence around this conspiracy, such as there was a fire in the Titanic that is well documented. There was a fire mm-hmm. raging in the Titanic for three weeks that weakened one of the um, that weakened one of the one of the watertight compartments. That is real. That is not that is not conspiracy. That is that was real history. Um, and they put that fire out. The kind of around the conspiracy is that a fire there would sink the Titanic in about 12 hours, which is plenty of time to get everybody off the boat. 
an iceberg being hit would sink the Titanic in three hours, which is why so many people died. So the conspiracy wasn't though it was to kill a bunch of people. The hope was that everyone would get out of the boat uh, with enough time, but the Titanic hit an iceberg, and that was kind of the act of God that uh, sank the sank the ship in total. Really interesting. I don't believe it for a second. Uh, and there's a twist ending at the end, which I oh, so good. But it's a comedy podcast. It's very much like this is this is this is kind of a silly thing. And yes, this guy is delivering really intense, really research, really uh, interesting evidence. But the idea is not to convince people that what this conspiracy is true. It is to kind of uh, educate people on it almost. Um, I found it really cool. It's really fun to listen to. It's only six episodes, and each one is thirty minutes long. Very quick to get through. Um, I, I highly enjoyed it. It's it's funny. It's informative. I learned so much about the Titanic. That James Cameron movie is very accurate, uh, with the exception of the fire. Um, I, uh, I I I th- I highly recommend it for those of you who haven't who haven't listened to it. Um, it's done by by an Australian and a New Zealander. So much fun. Really enjoyed it. Love it. Um, then I finally, I finally got through, I'm kind of slowly getting through my, 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 my list of comic books that I'm, I'm reading through, but I decided to read, uh, because last week I finished, uh, Black Hammer Visions and the, and the Unbelievable Unteens. So I finished the, the latest mm-hmm. series, Black Hammer Reborn, which is the latest 12 issue maxi series that, uh, set in the Black Hammer universe and is, is furthering the story rather than kind of doing one shots around the, around the world. Um, really good it's it's far more it's a different type of story because it's about the second black hammer who is black hammer's daughter um but 20 years after she was black hammer and what spiral city looks like in 2020 in 2026 and not 1996 uh which is where black hammer was originally set so it kind of brings it to the modern day um i know we're not it's 2023 now but like still um and and kind of details how Spiral City has moved on from superheroes and supervillains and how why she stopped being Black Hammer and how this wraps around a conspiracy that threatens to have two multiverses collide in on themselves. Um, really cool. Really like Black Hammer in general. This is a strong, strong entry in the Black Hammer universe with a with a with an incredible ending. Um, and at the end of it, it said to be continued in Black Hammer, the end. And so I'm emotionally compromised. So we'll see what happens. The end question mark? Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be the end of like the main series, but he'll probably do like uh, minis and things like Mike Mignola does for Hellboy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's excellent series. If you have not caught up on Black Hammer, um, I highly recommend Black Hammer. It's it's awesome. It's an awesome book. Uh, this 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 run gets a lot of play with Skull Digger, who is so cool. Um, he's like their Batman and Punisher combined um and we get more colonel weird who i love colonel weird there is there is a really cool fantastic four reference and that's all i'll say for those of you who are interested in reading black hammer but there is a really cool fantastic four reference regards to colonel weird um all right so that's all i got all right lovely let's go into our bread and butter all right so that'll so so sad 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 hmm? Some sad news up top. Um, Bobby Caldwell passed away this week at the age of 71. Now, Sparks, you wanted to shine some light on this one? Yeah, uh, I'm a, a big fan of R&B. <laughs> I listened to it rather a lot. So Bobby Caldwell has shown up a lot in my plays 
of different R&B music and uh, uh, his most notable song is uh, What What You Won't Do For Love, which you've either heard by him or you've heard by somebody else like Boys to Men. It's also been in a bunch of commercials. Or Michael Bolton, yeah. Um, uh, So it's a super recognizable uh, major hit for him. It's what most people know. But like uh, Bobby Caldwell has an incredible breadth of work, um, very talented voice in the world of soul and R&B. just uh it's it's sad he yes yeah. yeah i literally like i when i used to go to karaoke a lot like that was a song i would sing like literally like once a week every week uh he's a white man uh mm-hmm. you wouldn't know it by listening to him no god I, no i, I grew that. up thinking he was man this is a soulful black man and he is just like the the deepest like deepest like morgan freeman voice white man you've ever heard it's great incredible talent um yeah. so sparks texted me about putting his name on the list and uh, for for the section, and I first asked him who this was. Of course, I said yes, I would I would include him, but I was just curious. And you told me to listen to the song, so immediately I turned on the song. And and the first the first words, I was like, oh, I've I've heard this. Oh yeah, when I I listened to the song as well, I was like, oh wow, I have heard the song before. Yeah, because it's it's very recognizable. Yeah, it is. Uh, like it, it, that's why I was very confident when I told you guys. I was like, you know, just just listen to this. You'll know who we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah a very well known song, but not quite as well known an artist. Uh, but Bobby Caldwell, um, legend in the world of R and B, and so just very sad that he's passed. Um, before we get into the second one, I do want to address Mag's comment because we he's in the chat here about Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Super superhero comparing the animation to um, Battle of the Super Sons. I will only push back because I think Dragon Ball Super Superhero does a lot more to stylize the 3D into a 2D space. There is some line work that is 2D. It's kind, it is not quite the hybrid that we've seen with like Puss in Boots or something like that, mm-hmm. but it is using 2D uh, line work and the and physics because Goku's hair specifically acts like it does in a 2D space and not a 3D space like we see it in the video games. Whereas Super Sons everything is very stagnant. Everything is moving in a 3d space. There is no kind of stylistic work happening to make it seem like it's in to make, to make the appearance of 2d. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so last thing about this, Lance Reddick passed away at the age of 60 due to natural causes. The only thing I could find because this shocked me. I, like I didn't like sixty. Obviously, is super young. Like I didn't know how young young he was or sick. And like, yeah, I was trying to look like well, how did this how did this man pass? And like, no information. And I'm like, people just I mean, people just sometimes pass away. That sucks. That's just like what the hell, uh, dude. Lance yeah. Reddick. Like he's not some he's he shows up in everything and you love him no matter what he's in. Yeah. And like you you don't think like a guy like you don't think like people. I don't know why I think I this this one hit me more than a lot of other people we talked about for some reason. And it's just because he's such a constant in whether it's John Wick or whether it's Destiny or he shows up in so many video games because he got such a recognizable voice. He you saw him in Resident Evil. He's in Resident Evil. He's the standout of that show. Maybe one of the only times he'll be like a lead in something. Um, he's and like all the behind the scenes stuff. He's such a fun guy. He was on the Eric Andre show. And if you've ever watched any of his like his interviews, he's like the most insane person on the planet. And Lance Reddick redirected that energy and he punched a hole in his desk. Uh, he's, he was such a cool dude, literally like an hour before I found out, I was watching an interview with him about John Wick 4 that he just did the day before when, with, with Ian McShane. And I'm like, it's just, man, life's, life's crazy sometimes. Like you just like, yeah. Um, uh, Mag is in yeah. the chat. 
uh, talk about Lance saying, could believe it together. He's surprised he was in Godzilla 1999 and in Godzilla vs. Kong. And even though... who's he in Godzilla 98? Because I know he's in he's in Godzilla vs. Kong, but most of his part was cut and still pisses me off. It could be like just like that, where he's like a small part in 99, where it's like because he wasn't a bigger actor yet. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah I but can't also, place him in my memory. Yeah, but even Grayson brought up and said he's the voice of Thordak in C- the Cinder King in season two of um, Vox Machina. Oh, yeah. Who was uh, like, yeah he's well, also. Yeah. Major voice actor. Yeah, he's yeah. also um, because Grayson brought up his voice work. His voice work specifically is I was assume, assume a dragon. Um, the uh, he plays a dragon in um, Dota, Dragon's Blood. Oh, he's oh, one of the main yeah. one of the main villains. Yeah, uh, Max said his. Uh, oh no, he doesn't. I'm sorry. That's Keith David. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Glad, uh, glad. yeah, Max saying he was a soldier in uh, Godzilla '98. Oh, yeah, but. I mean, one of the yeah, this absolutely sucks because sixty that is very young, and not only that, apparently according to I according to people on social media, he was playing Destiny two the day before he passed away, and because his, and after, of course he was a big voice actor in Destiny two, a lot of players have there have been photos and videos circulating online of players paying their respects to him or to his character in the game, yeah. and honestly, that's it, it's sad, but it's also it's a, a a beautiful scene when you see a bunch of players just come together and pay tribute to to a really good voice actor to a really good character in that game. Yeah. Sparks, yeah, do you want to add anything? Huh? Sorry. Do you want to add anything, Sparks? Yeah, I mean, uh, Lance Reddick is incredible. It, it it I tweeted about this, but like it it bothers me to an extent that like Lance Reddick I think is is exceptional, but I Lance Reddick I always felt like didn't get a turn in the a-list circle that he should have yeah um and i I, not that that necessarily would have happened if he stayed alive for the next decade or so but like it just it's a shame um because i think like when i come home and i tell my mom and my wife that lance reddick passed away they should know who he is without me having to explain or show a picture or something um and I, I just think he deserved that. He so he definitely like there there are a bunch <clears> of actors <throat> who like I agree like again like in Resident Evil he is basically like the leading man of that show but like there are people who just operate like man these guys are great character actors and like there are people who like operate like like surgical actors we're like we need this character actor for this part and like Lance Reddick is one of those dudes you know what I mean like when he shows up in a thing like you know that dude's gonna deliver. Uh, you're always excited to see him. There's so many like great like actors like that who like I love like oh that dude showed up hell yeah. Uh, and it's it sucks where you know John Wick Chapter Four comes out this coming week, yeah, and he's not, he's in it, and I am I know that sixty you know sixty is both kind of old and young. It's really not an age that people that a lot of people die at these days, yeah. Um, but still, like I didn't know, and and nobody he wasn't sick as far as anyone can tell, and yeah. there was just it just he just died and like that's why it shocked me so much like i didn't believe it at first and i texted you guys the moment i saw it because yeah. I, honestly because i didn't believe it yeah, like yeah. this is this had to be fake because there's no way lance reddick just died he's he's that that doesn't happen yeah again like i i i i was searching for it and like i i thought it was gonna be like an accident or something i'm like yeah. i couldn't i couldn't find anything i'm like man does sometimes does your body hate you and it's like no nah, today's the day bro it's a heart attack time like this, like shit, like that just happens, like because we're so we're so feeble, we're yeah. so, we're just yeah. meat sacks, man. 
it, it, it really sucks. I, I, I love him and everything I've seen him in. Uh, I was, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Every, everything I've ever heard or seen Lance Reddick in, I've, I've always enjoyed him. Um, so it's, it, it is truly devastating. Um, we get to talk about how dopey is next week, though. There's just, to me, uh, there's no concierge continental without him. So, oh, yeah. You know that show. Well, that show is apparently set forty years prior. So oh, we is probably, it? So we probably weren't mm, seeing him anyway. I don't remember that. Um, That's awesome. I I just learned that because I was looking it up to see if he was supposed to be a part of it because I was like, you know, did they did they film him? If they didn't film him, don't make that show. Um, <laughs> Young Ian McShane. Uh, so we probably, but there's still like ideas that we would have seen him at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but. Um, it feels like that should have been a place for him to shine. Anyway, yeah. um, I look forward to seeing him in John Wick Chapter Four and wherever else he might still have appearances that haven't released. But like, I bet he's got like twelve things in the can because that dude, you know, being like a worked. character actor, you can show up in so many more things than when you're leading it. Yeah. Oh my god, Mag! Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, he was he was just cast as Zeus in the Percy Jackson Disney Plus series. Yep. Yeah. So he'll be in that first season, man. Did they film that already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Season one's wrapped. Yeah. I saw okay. like there was behind the scenes of him with like on his Zeus chair on set. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. We heard about he was. We heard about his casting. I think closer to when it was when the show wrapped uh, than before. Sparks, you've read beyond the first book. I have not. Yeah. Does Zeus yeah. play a role in the later books? I mean, yeah. Zeus shows up. Um, you know, like he's not. I. I won't say he's ever like super super important uh like as a like as an idea but as a actual character you're spending time with like you know people will talk more about zeus and like what's going on with zeus than they will actually see him in the his books. presence is more important. um yeah so uh but he does show up uh more in the books especially when we get into if they ever went this far which i don't think they will with the live action shows but if they went into the next part of uh uh the story would post the percy jackson books into the um the heroes of olympus series that's where um the greek gods are being kind of infected by their roman personas Ooh. and so they're they're literally like split personalities that are are taking over but they're still them uh so like that would be the actors playing a different version of themselves like the version that the romans crafted of the greek gods and then there's like there's like a few specific gods who either didn't change a lot or literally didn't change at all um and but like zeus as um jupiter is a mm-hmm. kind of a big problem in the in the that section um yeah. but that like i said they probably never would get there anyway in live action sure but theoretically recasting zeus in the type of role that he plays later on not a big deal yeah they probably they probably would have to um okay. i think I, I i don't think they'd have to do it for a little while i don't think he shows up again until book four or five sure it's been a while but i don't oh. think so yeah that that sucks. We're going to be reeling from that for a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a big big loss. Yeah. It just is. Kind of feels in the same vein of like Anton Yelchin's death, honestly. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, Anton Yelchin, I think hurt harder because he was so young. He was so young yeah. and like you knew he was going to get big. Uh and Lance Reddick had been in the career for a while. And like, that's, that's my thing is like, there's no guarantee he would have ever like hit the A-list status. And I'm not saying he even wanted that necessarily. He was probably perfectly happy with the career he had. And it's an incredible body of work. I don't mean to diminish it. I just think he deserved more recognition. Yeah. And like that, that one, like 
this story is about me um yeah. that everybody paid attention to it wasn't resident evil unfortunately yeah all right moving on uh dc pride 2023 is upon us oh jesus dc comics i should say not dc the it's not a state Capital, washington whatever district of columbia sure um cool so uh dc comics has announced the the teams and the characters they're going to be writing for plus a little bit about some of them not all of them so i'll read what i got uh so first tim drake and connor hawk are getting a series are getting a uh, sorry these are all short stories in this 80 page giant or however long it's going to be um so tim drake and connor hawk are going getting a story by nadia shamas and ruka jones on art which will follow tim drake and connor hawk learning that there is nothing more awkward than returning with an than, re- than reuniting with an old friend after you've both come out and one of you was indoctrinated by the league of shadows for a while was that connor probably connor i'm not caught up i didn't know i knew tim jake okay i didn't know connor came out as well good for him yeah he's asexual i think asexual mm. that happened i think around the time that um not dc rebirth after that New Frontier. That's new the Frontier. one. The New Frontier book that had it, had him come out as Ace, I think. Right on. Um, Circuit Breaker and The Flash of Earth-11 are getting a story by A.L. Kaplan. That's it. Uh, Circuit Breaker struggles to, str- to stifle his powers after The Flash of Earth-11 leaps out of the time stream and knocks them both into another dimension. That's the multiversity. Earth-11, Flash of Earth-11 is the multiversity Flash. Of the queer titans. That's not what they're called. The Justice League uh, queer? No, the one from a different universe where they're all... He's trans. Okay. They're trans. They're trans. Um, I don't know light... What do you say? Light bring, light, light. Circuit Breaker. I don't know who Circuit Breaker is. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I'm definitely uh, not... I'm definitely got all the Marvel uh, randos in my head. I don't know the DC ones, unfortunately. Uh, Flash Flash of Earth 11 was on the Justice League with John Kent and Yara Flora when they did the Future State Justice League. He, uh, oh, they were on that. Oh, I, yeah, I like her outfit. I remember what her outfit was. Yeah, okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Got it. Uh, Midnighter and Apollo. Sorry. Midnighter Apollo and Alan Scott, Green Lantern, by Josh uh, Trujillo. 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 Oh, he's great. He's a, he's a big Marvel guy. He did uh, uh, Wicked and Hulkling, Hulkling stuff. Yeah. And Don... Oh, I've read that. That's pretty good. Um, and Don Aguio. Um, by the way, all queer creators, bisexual, gay, trans, all queer creators. Um, don't know what that was about. Alan Scott keeps getting these short stories about how he's gay, and we're never getting that ongoing series. Oh, he's on Justice Society, written by Jeff Johns. I really wish go. that show, that book wasn't happening. Yeah. That was definitely a monkey paw situation. I really want a Justice Society book. Okay, here. Oh, Jeff Johns. Do we have anyone in this office who can write Justice Society? And there's a thousand hands, but like Jeff Johns just rises. <laughs> Only <laughs> I may do this. Did you Jeff say Shazam? Like Jeff Johns just like rises, like he just kind of like ascends or levitates. He's like, I have been exactly. summoned. Don't you want the man who wrote them already? No. <laughs> For 20 years. Anyway. Um, Ghostmaker and Catman versus Cannon and Saber. I don't know any of those. Oh, Ghost I know Maker. Catman. Oh, Catman rules. Uh, Ghostmaker yeah. is a James Tynan uh, Batman, new Batman creation. Oh, yes, yes. I know who that one He's is. He's also cool. Also potentially Bruce Wayne's boyfriend. But they, that's not real. 
<laughs> the people wanted it. Uh, say, uh, Ogle, uh, Ogle, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, and Cannon and Saber by Rex Ogle and Stephen Sadowski. Mm-hmm. Um, John Kent and John Constantine by Christopher Cantwell and Skylar Partridge. What? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Superman uh, and Constantine? Oh, dude, Cantwell and Constantine makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this one will be about this. I got, I got actually a plot about this. John Kenton gets a comprehensive course in dark magic when John Constantly, John Constantine sicks a golem on him. Uh, don't you hate that? Ben, don't you hate yeah. when you get a golem sicked on, on you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Natasha Irons and Nubia by Mildred Louise. Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Crush by Leah Williams and Paulina Ganucho. Hell yeah. People seem to really like Crush, who is Lobo's daughter. Yeah, uh, and I love Leia Williams. So that sounds like that sounds like a fun team, all right. Um, this one will be about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy go to extreme measures to get a little lone time, but there's nowhere on the planet Crush can't crash. That sounds fun. That, does that sound sounds fun. great. I will. I, I these all sound cool, but like Leia Williams is like an X Men writer, so like I'll pick anything up that she writes. And then finally, Multiversity by Grant Morrison and Hayden Sherman. Ah, I didn't hear about this. This is awesome. That's pretty cool. Is it Hayden Sherman from uh, uh, Wasted Space? Hayden Sherman? Yeah. Holy shit. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. That's awesome. We don't know who in the multiversity. It just says multiversity. So. Yeah, it's what a good, awesome. That's such a big book. Yeah, really cool lineup of really awesome creators. I'm excited yeah. for this, actually. Um, yes. There will also be a five-page preview of an upcoming Dreamer story by Nicole Maines and Rye Hickman. Right on. Hell yeah. Yeah, I saw that Nicole did that. That's awesome. Love it. So, as well as this book, this book will be released in June. Uh, there will be two other books. One called the the DC Book of Pride, which will be authored by Galaxy the Prettiest Star writer Jadzia Axelrod, and will illustrate the rich histories, fascinating origins, amazing superpowers, and key storylines of DC's leading queer superheroes and supervillains. Kind of an encyclopedia of queer heroes. Sure. Yeah. Nice. And then DC Pride through the years, number one, will be a one-shot that's collecting a couple of stories. Uh, this is the thing that it says. I love this. Take a journey through over 30 years of fan-favorite LGBTQIA plus characters in the DC universe with this collection that not only remembers and celebrates landmark issues of days past, but also teases exciting new stories yet to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll have The Flash, number 53, by William Messen- Messner, Lobes, and Greg Leck. Le- LaRoque, so old Flash, Flash 53, old Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see a villain turned hero, Pied Piper, uh, coming out to his friend, the Flash, and helps thwart a dastardly villain. Hmm. I don't know if that happened so long ago. Look at that. Detective Comics number 854 by Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams, which will feed, which is the debut of Batwoman. Batwoman! Uh, it's her first title, it's her first issue on the Detective Comics run that uh greg rucka and jh williams did before they were like no we're doing new 52 now jh williams you can't marry them i hate that anyway maggie supergirl number 19 by steve orlando vita ayala and jamal campbell uh, which tells the story of lee serrano a non-binary teenage teenager who befriends the girl of steel yeah and will also include an all-new story by tim sheridan and cn tormey uh, featuring Alan Scott as Green Lantern, teasing exciting new stories that will light the way for Alan's next great adventure. Light the way. Look at that. There's a story. Uh, C and Tormy is an excellent. Again, I know them from their Marvel work, but his his art is awesome. So uh, at least at least Alan's got some good art right there. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm really hoping for more with Alan Scott. That's not Jeff Johns. Sorry, I know you didn't like that. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, DC Pride. Really strong DC Pride showing, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah these are I think, these I are think ever since they stepped it up a few years ago, they're like, we can't, they can't, they feel like they can't slack off and they don't have a good reason to because the book sells. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, last year's Kevin Conroy book we've talked we talked about when he passed that was yeah. awesome yeah that was another one that was like that one hurt all right anyway. yeah we're getting we're older lucky. guys yeah it's all Shut up <laughs> my beard isn't gray it's blonde <laughs> um willow news oh boy so initially it was reported that willow was canceled after its first season um, for those of you who don't know, this is the show on Disney Plus. Uh, ben and I did a fake nerds watch on it. We both really liked it. Um, Sparks, I know you started the show. Um, I did. So <laughs> I don't have a lot to add to that. Yeah. Um, so we were really eager for a season two, and then this report came out that it was canceled. Uh, this came out from Deadline. However, a couple days later, maybe even a day later, I think, Jonathan Kasdan, who is the showrunner for uh, Willow. He came out and said, we have a script. We have scripts for season two. They're really good. Disney and Lucasfilm are still really supportive of making a second season. All we did was release the actors from their contracts because it wasn't going to film this year. And it was unfair to keep them tied to this contract because of that. Mm -hmm. Sure. <sighs> I think it's wishful thinking, though. I'll tell you what. Um... That 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 alone tells me I don't think Disney wants them to make another season. <laughs> so this came out. So Willow's second season being uh, so Willow not getting a second season also came out a couple of days after League of Their Own, mm -hmm. and some people were making the were making the case it's very strange that these sapphic shows are being canceled, kind of on mass. Um, Willow is a fantasy story with is with a with a queer relationship at the center of it. The main mm -hmm. character is 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 queer. Her love interest is one of the main characters and people really responded to that. And, you know, it's really unique for that to happen, especially in the fantasy space. So seeing it get canceled was kind of heartbreaking. And obviously it was heartbreaking for me because I really liked the show and the show teased three seasons and I wanted to see all three seasons. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I was, I, I want, I hope Kasdan is right. I hope that he's, you know, that he's like, you know, yeah, we're just not doing it this year. We're gonna, but it will come. And maybe it's like a league of their own situation, where it's like, you know, if you show your support now, Disney will be more inclined to do so. Yeah. But yeah. this does feel like Disney is, you know, this Willow's not the first show Disney Disney Plus is canceled. There is a people are cutting down on their streaming shows, and Willow could be a casualty of it. Yeah. I I really hope not because I love how I don't want to say different, but Willow was a different type of show that you don't normally see on Disney Plus. It was it was a fun adventure show. I really enjoyed it. And what's giving me hope right now is that they did not say it was canceled outright. The fact that they just said it's not canceled, we're just taking a break. I mean, while that to me is there's a little bit of hope, but at the same time there is some writing on the wall and the writing's not good and I'm still upset because I don't want Willow to give a tease to what of what's to come, especially how that series or how that season ended about how there's going to be more. Cause there's still a bunch of plot points in that show that aren't answered yet. And I hate it. And I just like, mm, it's like, you have an idea, you have a story that you want to go all the way through. And then this happens. Could have been just too expensive. 
could have. I mean, it, it is a, it is an expensive show. It is, it is. I completely understand it is an expensive show, but still, yeah, there's a the there's notably a big budget difference between like I'm not saying that it's not it's not right or fair to point out these uh, uh, similarities of like you know the queer representation shows that get canceled um, because it, it's it's not a trend that's new, um, but uh, especially with um, specifically with female queer characters at the front um, over male uh yeah. the list is large motherland um, fort salem motherland fort salem um legends of tomorrow um so anyway um but i do think that it is um you know it is notable that the cost of the show is high and mm -hmm. if they don't have viewership that's a problem um mm -hmm. And I also like you. I you know I read the thing, and I, I'm encouraged to believe that there is uh, a path for them to finish the story. Um, might not be three seasons. Might have to just be a second one, and that's it. Yeah. Or um, if it's not a show, then maybe they end up getting a comic. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. But like, uh, uh, I hope um, it does seem more like what I read in in what they said is more like Lucasfilm's very like yeah, and Disney's more like. Yeah. I mean, uh, look at this. Like, this is also Bob Iger has talked about, you know, less streaming as far as yeah. it goes to like, you know, they, you know, they're, well, they want to, they want to like, uh, do less when it comes to the Marvel stuff. And this could just be a casualty of, you know, maybe the same, the same cancellations that we saw with, uh, the big, the big shot or Mighty Ducks Game Changers. This could be just like cutting costs because streaming shows aren't this the money that were. Yeah, this is this is you know like it's the streaming bubble folding in on itself to an extent because what's happening is that viewership numbers don't equate money coming in. Yes. Because you are already a subscriber if you're watching it. Yes. The mm -hmm. thing is, are these shows getting new subscribers because they don't have another way to get money and revenue from the things they create because they don't have ads. Yeah. Right. Unless they are a thing that does have ads, then they then they get a, a percentage uh, benefit from that, but. If they don't, then they're not getting the revenue that way. So, like, I don't think that, like, if they have a good subscriber base, then they're okay, but they have to be more selective with what they put out. Um, this is less of a Disney Plus problem, I think, than it is, like, a, Netflix is certainly a big one, where, like, you're pumping out a lot of content that, like, do you really need to spend the money on all of this content? Is that really benefiting you? Or should you be doing, putting out less at a higher grade of quality so more people want to watch the less that you put out the answer is yeah yes. um and that's a general rule of thumb that's probably true and that you know maybe it does need to slow down maybe there is just too much content out there that like frankly like that's that's true there is too much content out there yeah like there's a lot of things i want to watch i can't watch them all when they come out and now we're at a and, point and like i'm being expected to yeah. or i don't care about it and i'm like that's just not realistic and in, mm -hmm. in the day of our, the year of our Lord 2023, we're now at the point where all of the streaming services have really good shows to watch. You know, like when Apple first came out, like I didn't need to watch, I didn't need to watch Jason Momoa's show where he's blind or whatever, right? Like Peacock, I didn't need to watch The Office, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all, like all these streaming services. Yeah, Ryan Johnson's poker faces yeah. on Peacock. The half the trailers we talk about now are either Apple or Peacock, and I'm like, all these shows just look like great television, like HBO quality shows. Paramount Plus yeah. has has Strange New Worlds and yes. actually good Star Trek. Yeah, on. so uh -huh. I'm like. It is impossible to like. There's just so much stuff, and I think unfortunately, Will just might have been too much money, not yeah. enough eyes. Unfortunately, to, yeah. to even add to what Apple is doing right now, they also got Tetris coming out at the end of the month. That's got oh, me hooked, line, and sinker. 
I mean, God damn it, Ben's not going to let us forget about Tetris, guys. That is no, he won't. It's um, something he's he loves. You know? <laughs> no, but you're right. Like, I mean, like you know, and and the quality appears there. That's the thing, right? Like, I it's been a while that ain't that Netflix has had something. It is in our trailers today, I believe, but it's been a while since Netflix has had something that looked appealing and quality level off the bat that wasn't already feeding into something Netflix established. Yeah, like a while ago. You know, I just kind of on a personal note, I just want to say that Willow became a very deeply important show for me. And I don't expect anybody else to feel that way. Like it was very much tailor made for me in a way that I didn't expect. And I I adored it. Um, it will be on my top 10 at the end of the year, I believe. Um, I I really liked it. And if it is not getting another season, honestly, when I heard this news, my heart broke. Like I was devastated. And I, I really hope it it does. I really hope Kazan is right and that there could be a second season. And I don't want it as a comic. I want to see those actors. Yeah. Well, sure. man, um, it's like you got to wait a year. So we're looking at already 2024. That's a TV show. So it's another year. You're not. We're not seeing a show for three, four years. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, so the, all those characters I fell in love with uh, by the end of that show. And I just, you know, it'll be devastating if I don't get that second season, frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that's kind of like running incongruous to it is like we did see some of the actors tweeting out that like if if the memo is well we we have to release you right now but we're hoping to bring you back they didn't get that memo yes so as that's far true, as because they all canceled. they all they all got they all they were all sending love to each other being like hey you know we're gonna miss you blah blah, blah. it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. It very much felt final yeah, yeah they don't they don't have the memo like expect to come back in a year yeah so yeah. I don't know I don't know. Um, oh yeah, and then dealing with schedules and stuff. Yeah. I appreciate wanting to keep keep hope alive, but uh, I I I think there's a good chance that with enough, certainly at least in the sphere I've seen, like a league of their own, demanded the attention that it seems to be getting that might save it. But again, it's a lower cost show. If Willow can get that, Willow might get a second and final season. But I don't. I don't entirely believe that if they get renewed, that they're going to get a renewed with a, a promise of a third. And I yeah, don't know yeah. that they'll risk it either. Yeah. I, I think it could probably end it in one more season. I was surprised when they said, when they said, yeah, three, I was like, really? Hmm. Um, ambitious. I literally, at the end of that, I was like, hmm, ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I hope so. Um, I'd like to finish the show and then not have to be upset about there not being more. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. There's a rumor that came out from the John Rocha show that a, and I thought this would be fun because we've talked about this rumor before uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, we've heard has been cast in Ironheart as Mephisto. Yes. Um, so now we're hearing that there is a Halloween special or just a special. It should be clarified. It wasn't specifically set Halloween. Sounds like it though. Well, um, relevant. Yeah. Uh, for Sasha Baron Cohen to kind of star in as Mephisto. Man, that's, it's interesting that this came from the John Roca show because that dude, I like that guy, but he, he's like, he's, he's like smaller potatoes. So it's cool that yeah. he got a scoop. Like if this is a real scoop. Um, the thing that like, if this is the, the second time we've heard that he's playing Mephisto and like, he might get a show. He's absolutely playing Mephisto and Ironheart. Like that is like, we, we, we see him on set. Like we know he's in that show in some capacity. Uh, if Marvel's crazy enough to have their holiday special be about the devil. Hell Yeah. We love Werewolf by Night. Doing that with yeah. Mephisto, who's all about like making deals for your souls, like ruining Peter Parker's life. Good shit. Love it. And Tosh Baron Cohen is so good. 
uh, I love that dude, especially when he gets to play. It gets to have some venom to him. Uh, he's great. Um, if this is true, hell yeah. I also like heard that there was an America Chavez Thanksgiving special happening, but I don't know about that one. So like, huh. we will see, Mr. John Rook. I'd, be... I'd watch that. I'd watch that on I the condition. It. On the condition that it has cameos galore because it's Thanksgiving and they all have to sit at a table. Oh, bro, it's a camertage with Wong because she's training with the wizards and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just a speculation. Spider-Man and Captain America, Miss Marvel, they're all there just having dinner at the end. You can CGI them in. I don't care. I wish. All right. Yeah, it'd be be cool. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Um, I noticed you didn't have it, but, you know, you brought Mephisto. So, like, uh, notably... The Disney Plus MCU shows are totally up in the air about when we're seeing them now. Oh, I you know what? I did see this. I didn't look too much into this, but like they all now all the Disney Plus shows in the future, not just the Marvel ones, just so, say coming soon. Yeah, yeah. So um for like the, the recent Disney Plus promos, uh like for the year kind of thing, um, Secret Invasion has been scrubbed out. Mm-hmm. Um uh the 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 release dates in the official sources where they they had them that would say like you know 2023 fall 2023 coming soon 2023 all that has been cleansed to now say coming soon so like all all the disney plus mcu releases are now up in the air we have no idea when anything's coming anymore not just the not just the mcu releases but like tiana and uh another show i think also they all say coming soon yeah yeah so there's there's something interesting going on at Disney Plus, and it could be just Bob Iger doing quality control. I was the... just literally about to say, it sounds like quality control. I'm like, I you know, know, give these shows more time to breathe, so people don't feel like they have to watch three shows at once. I think that's part. Yeah, I think it's part. Part of it is like maybe improve the quality of some shows, but I think it's also just space this shit out. Yeah. Um, we want eyes on our channel when these shows are dropping, and we can't like put three things out at the same time or yeah. overlapping as much. Like it's just too much. I just thought it was incredibly interesting. Not that it really affects each other, but like the last of us and Mandalorian were both on at the same time at one point. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's really funny that it's, it's just, and it's nobody too- talked about the Mandalorian and, for two weeks. Yeah. And like <laughs> the buzz on the Mandalorian is not, there's not really much buzz right now. Cause half the time it was talking about the other Pedro Pascal show where he's a babysitter. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because like secret invasion, especially was the surprise because that would, that, that is coming this year. I Everybody assumed met. it was after man though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that like, if it's quality control, I'm happy with that. And you know, what we saw very much last year with like Miss Marvel coming out at the same time as Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan trumped that show by yeah. the time you get to moon Knight um, or later, nobody's watching anymore. Not at yeah. the numbers that they were when WandaVision was coming out. Yeah. So spacing them out, making them better, you know, making making sure that they're tighter, even like po- the polishing, polishing them, because I don't think you can probably re-edit Secret Invasion to be a different show no, at but this you point. Can make it tighter, and like yeah, you, can you can make it tighter, you can polish it, and you can have this, and 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 you can drop it with enough space between certain things that it's not going to 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 get lost. And I think that's yeah. probably smart. Yeah, and like. Like I still get excited for Marvel stuff, but I but I like it isn't the same as it used to be. Like when there wasn't there wasn't one happening no matter what all the time, or there always wasn't a show on, or the next week it wasn't like there's not four movies and four shows, right? Like used to be like excited about like oh what's the next Marvel movie? Oh it's four months away, cool. Now it's like what's on tomorrow? <laughs> what am I seeing next week? Like what's... the hunger you you you're always satisfying me, so I don't feel the need to want to come back as often. It feels like you know what I mean. Like yeah, what's so interesting is that you know. Before Ant Man, nothing, and now after Ant Man, 
we're still pretty far away from the next Marvel thing. Yeah. Um, Guardians, I think, is what we know is next. Yeah, yeah it's we got Loki sometime around. A little over a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and so like it, it just I was just thinking about it like like you know it's been nice Loki, just yeah. kind of. Wait, Loki is too. I was like, that was summer. No, Damn. it's coming soon. Damn, soon. all of it. No, no, no. Loki, Loki's up in the air. That was the new no. Um. So yeah, the uh, the but like you know, it's been nice just kind of having this reprieve from Marvel. Like I, yeah. it's been nice. Yeah. Okay. Doctor Who news. Who are you? There is a spinoff of Doctor Who already in the works, uh, starring Kate Lethbridge Stewart, uh, who the actor Gemma Redgrave. She plays the daughter of Alistair Lethbridge-Stewart, uh, Doctor's best friend. Uh, and it's going to be centered around UNIT, the uh, Doctor Who military, paramilitary United Nations organization. Um, and yeah, that's the first new Russell T. Davies spinoff we're getting from Doctor Who. I think that's kind Torch of cool. Come back. New people. New torches. New torches. Well, <laughs> <laughs> more wood. Uh, I really like Kate Stewart as a character. I think she. I think she is the most meaningful uh, 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 addition that Stephen Moffat made to the Doctor Who universe. I think um, I know who this is. I'm going to look her up. Kate Stewart? Yeah, Kate Stewart. I, I really like her. Uh, it was really smart to bring in uh, the Brigadier's daughter. Oh, as yeah. The, yeah. Blonde lady as who the, runs the thing. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. yeah, I love her. Cool, cool, cool. I, That's awesome. The actor who plays her is wonderful. The, the character is great. Uh, again, bringing her back for a spinoff is a smart move in my mood. I'm book. into that actually. I think yeah. that's I think that's cool. I will admit that I get a little like maybe just win over everyone on Doctor Who first. True. Like right now, maybe just get like the world back on board first. Maybe they're just then back make off a spin-off. It. Yeah. Um because I just like the last spin-off did not go over big at all for Doctor Class? Who. Yep. Tor- Torch Class. Torch Bark. Class. Class, which nobody talks about. Nobody I don't even know what about. you're talking about. Exactly. It was a one season spinoff that like tangentially exists inside of Doctor Who. Wow. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, you know, I think Davies is probably, I think you're right. There's some sort of like, you know, putting the the buck before the horse. And you're saying like, she, you know, he remembers the heyday of Doctor Who, which he had three shows on the air with the Sarah Jane Adventures, Torchwood and Doctor Who. And maybe he just kind of wants to get back to that. And I wouldn't be shocked if, like, again, like maybe like this new season is so good. They're like, "You want to do something else with us? Like, we'll yeah. keep, like you're back, baby. You want to do more?" And like, so like, sure, maybe he's just coming back to do all that stuff again. We still got a long way to go until we see those next those new episodes too. I was like, no, that's crazy. They teased it so early. They really did. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, James Gunn has officially has officially said that he is directing. Uh, Superman Legacy. Uh, he's been poked and prodded enough, and he finally said, "Fine, I'll do it." I liked his. I really liked his. Uh, his like little Twitter thing about it. Me too. Uh, he's like, yeah, like I originally, yeah, I didn't want to do it. You know, I want somebody else to give that perspective. But like, I think the script's really great, and people want me to do it, and it would be a challenge for me because I, I usually don't make these type of movies. I make movies about like weirdos and like monsters. So like, to have your like the first time his main character be like. I'm Superman. That's your main character. It's like, damn, that's gonna be awesome. Because like the thing about James Gunn, like he's his movies are all about horror, but it's always with like weird people, like monsters yeah. and like raccoons and shit, uh, like Slither and and Super. Like those those are like vigilantes with like mental like like this like they're they're crazy people, right? Uh, so this is like a gonna be a big new challenge again. His Superman movie, Bright Burns about even Superman, like. 
he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Uh, I think this is going to be exciting, and it's going to be like a challenge for him to do something a little different. I wonder if like, his brother wrote it. Say what? He produced it. His brother wrote it. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, um, well, he's still, you know, the, the gun, the gun family. No, I think he's. I think you know everyone. I think you're absolutely right. Like this will be a challenge for him that he he even acknowledges, and and he said that the thing that I always appreciate when a director is like, I didn't want to do this because I didn't have an in. I didn't know where I wanted to take this, this as a director. And then he figured it out and that made him excited. And he was like, okay, I want to do this because I found my in. I'm excited about it and I want to take it and I want, and I want to tackle it. And I think that that's enough to get me excited. Yeah. 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 And, and James Gunn is obviously like a writer as well. And other people have, have directed his writing, but like James Gunn directing his own writing is always the best. Right. Because yeah. you know he knows what to he knows what to do with his own with his own dialogue, right? So like, this is really really cool. Like we're getting, like a we're getting a James Gunn written directed Superman is like is a, something I never could have possibly imagined in my life. Like it's it's, it's insane. Yeah. Writing even maybe, but like directing like shit. No way, dude. That dude did Slither or Michael Rooker is a giant slug from outer space. Like he's doing Superman. Hell yeah. I think he made a good post also explaining the importance of doing this for him related to like his dad mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. yeah someone made the parallel uh, that all-star Superman kind of came out and is Grant Morrison dealing with the loss of their dad in a way. And they've said that they've used the imagery from all-star Superman to promote this movie, which implies that there's some sort of inspiration there. Um, and, and James Gunn having lost his dad now kind of taking that to the adaptation in a sense, uh, could be really powerful. And it's yeah. called Superman legacy, right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. this idea that it's dealing with the legacy of both sides of his, of his two parents. I love um, that. So love like, it. we'll, we'll see, um, his two sets of parents. Yeah. Um, two Christmases. This isn't going to win anybody who was out on James Gunn to the side now that he's directing this as well, but who gives a shit? Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> James Gunn hasn't let me down so far. Never. Yeah. Uh, all right. The ben Penguin. Oh. I thought he was directing it when it was first announced, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's funny. So the fact yeah, that, that was straight up said that, that was he's... the whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Because um, he very he was very specific when we talked about all the DC slate announcements. He said, like, I'm writing it, but I'm not directing it. We're looking for a director for it. Yeah. Well, the fact that he's directing it, honestly, it's like there, it's gonna be great. Like you guys said, he hasn't he hasn't done any wrong when it comes to superhero films, be it Marvel or even I know he only has one DC fil- DC film being the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but he's also got but, all of Peacemaker. Yeah, he does have all of Peacemaker. You're absolutely right there. All of Peacemaker is freaking amazing. The Suicide Squad is a, a great, fantastic movie. And I'm I have not been this hyped for a Superman movie in a very long time. So I'm that's a great point, Ben. Neither have I. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, real quick, let's respond to Grayson. What's on Apple TV, y'all? What's coming Shut out? up. No, that's a real thing. <laughs> no, he's. No, I know he's making fun of you for Tetris. So, real quickly, I so when you when you read like the articles that came out because they had like a press release, they had like the press come in and be told what the what the chapter one is going to be before they release the video um so that the press can drop their their articles at the same time um in the press room apparently peter safran said and we really want james to direct it and james kind of like kind of visibly sighed like i'm tired of hearing about this uh-huh. um so yeah I do so hope, it's nice that he's doing it 
I do hope, and I don't think this is the case, but I don't, I, I hope he doesn't feel like he was bullied into it. I don't think sure. it was, but I, I really hope there isn't even a little bit of like, they I just think, really want me to do it. I think that's the importance of like him talking about his dad stuff. Yeah. He feels like it's kind of a come to, come to accept this challenge moment. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the Penguin, the Quiet. TV series uh, starring Colin, I'm never going to get it right. I'm never going to get it right. This is never going to happen. Colin Firth has never been feral in his life. Colin Farrell was born feral. Like he's feral. We'll see see if that helps. Um, (laughs) So, so he, uh, they're filming it now. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just keep going. though. So they're filming it now. Uh, We see him in his, in his, in his outfit. Um, And they cast Theo Rossi in the role. Shades. Shades from, uh, uh, from uh, Luke Gage. Uh, also, other things. He's he's, 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 he's uh He was oh. Juice in Sons of Anarchy. Also, Sons of Anarchy. Yes, I didn't finish that show, but yes. He was right. random oh, yeah. man number two at a party in Cloverfield. He hell was. yeah, he was. Hey, <laughs> I love Shades. He's cool. No, that dude is awesome. He's a terrific. He's got a great presence. Um, he's he cool. Love it. See, especially seeing you go from Sons of Anarchy to um, Luke Cage, it was definitely uh it was definitely a jump because I, I mean his character in Sons of Anarchy is much more different than his character in, in um, Luke Cage. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in Penguin. That's gonna be great. The the set photos from Penguin, the the things they have they have uh, uh, Oswald Cobblepot wearing. It's like you know what the Penguin looks like, but he's dressed like a cool dude. He's dressed like he looks. He's like in a sweater vest, and he's like, "Hey, look at me! I'm a cool guy." And he's got like a gut, and he's like, eh, and I'm just like. Oh my god, this is so funny. He looks so funny. I'm so excited for that show. It's like a, he looks like Tony Soprano, but he's the penguin. It's incredible. I'm really excited for that show. Yeah. Um Gladiator 2 has some casting news. I uh, this is unbelievable. Gladiator 2 is happening. Not the one we thought was happening. It's I almost don't even care because it should just be that one. Uh Denzel Washington is in talks, uh, as well as Paul Mescal and Barry Keegan. Uh, they're all in talks to star in Gladiator 2. Interesting. I, I'll i be honest. I I honestly don't think I care about Gladiator 2 until I see like what the product is. Because it's if it's not about Russell Crowe uh, going to heaven and then being generals <laughs> in every single war throughout time and history, uh, where he fights like God and shit, and if he meets Jesus Christ himself, then I'm, not, I'm honestly like, I don't know what more of that story I need. Gladiator <laughs> is a perfect story the way it is. I don't know what else I need, to be honest. And if you're not getting crazy, but again, like a good trailer will sell me. Ridley Scott's the goat. Like, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Ridley Scott seems to have faith in it. He's directing it, I believe. So, yeah. He's I just never made a bad movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this All is all the flashes. Hey, look, like, you know, like he had a he had a year recently where he had a great movie and a not great movie. So, like, you know, who knows? It could go either Which way. One? Which ones did he have recently? Heart's heart. Uh, the uh, the last duel. Last duel. Well, last duel and um, House of Gucci. Same year. Mm. House of Gucci. Barely, barely a month apart, honestly. Oh, yeah. Last last duel. Very good. Ah. House of Gucci. Oh. <laughs> I saw House Lady of Gucci. Gaga. Oh God. <laughs> am I the only one? At, yep, I, I'm pretty sure I am the only one out of the four of us who saw that movie. House of Gucci. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm gooched out. I can't. I can't do it. Honestly, I didn't you see and, either. You and your infatuation with Jared Leto, man. You're also the. You also went and saw Morbius. Look at you. Yeah, I, at least I. Hey, at least I fired at it. Did you hear that everything, everywhere, all at once finally beat Morbius's box office? 
Thank I didn't know God. it did it. That's good. <laughs> Me too. It was that re-release that did it. It was. It's true. Thank you, Oscar. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no, I meant the re-release of Morbius. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> they made like they, they returned money to people. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry you saw this. Here you go. Yeah, here's twenty bucks. All right. Trailers. All yeah. right. Trailer park. Beef. Ooh. Yeah. This, so this this looks awesome. This is the Netflix product I yeah. was referring to earlier. It um, looks actually like solid from the gut. Steven Yeun, Ali Wong. Uh, the initial, it's like, okay, there's some road rage. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, is this going to be like a rom-com? No. <laughs> they're, they're out to destroy each oh other. Oh my God. When she calls him, I'm like, I will destroy your entire life. And I'm like, is this over road rage? And then it's like an entire, it, I thought it was a movie. It's a TV show about just the, the destruction of these people's lives after a bad, a bad day in, in traffic. Um, it reminds me of like falling down with two people and it's a series where it's like one bad day just ruins both their lives and now they're out to kill each other literally. Uh, she literally is like pointing a gun at the phone in front of her husband. Yes. Like it looks really Pissed funny. on my hardwood floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I'm glad it doesn't, I don't think there's going to be like a weird romance thing. It just looks like, yo, these people hate each other yeah. for a weird reason. Um, and it's very like internal. Like they both are like, like people dealing with shit, obviously. So I'm like, this looks this looks beefy. <laughs> yeah, it, does. it looks it looks good. I, I it looks like they're going hard on this. It's a a twenty four show, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. I honestly thought it was a movie. I didn't realize it was a show. Yep, it's a a twenty four show coming out on Netflix. Earlier early reviews because some people have seen it. They're saying it's 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 good. So that's good. Nice. Joyride. Yeah. I'm so happy for Stephanie's too. Oh, I accidentally. Oh, I think I missed this one. Oops. Uh, this it looks like a fun, raucous, raunchy time. Um, yeah. For all these ladies, I'm excited. Here's the thing. I thought this movie was really. I thought, I'm really liking this movie. I'm having a good time with this trailer. It's really funny. The thing that killed me was honestly the last line. It's it's, it's not a bop, and it's my asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> killed me. That was great. I thought it was even great when, uh, like, in the very beginning of the trailer, it's like, hey, can your daughter play with our daughter? And it's, she's adopted. And then it's like that little kid says something very racist and she just punches him in the face and just says, F you, mother F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a lot of um, uh, good boys kind of uh, sure. energy. Not the exact same kind of movie, but like, yeah, we're going to have a really fun time. You're all the, the same thing. You're all drug mules now, bitches. Yeah. So there's a. I love you didn't K-pop. see this one. No, I didn't. I saw. Yeah. I, I I looked through all. I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. There's a. They are on a train, and um, Chinese police are coming through to check, uh, each uh, each area, and they are in the room with a white woman who has just a fart ton of drugs, <laughs> and so um, she takes out a coke and blows it on all of them. She's like, "You're all drug dealers." <laughs> So they all have to like scramble to get rid of them. That sounds all right. So <laughs> they're all and eating like the pills, and, and then they try to fake being K-pop stars. <laughs> I didn't see. I was. I didn't see that. Yeah. And so this has Stephanie Sue from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, it, it looks. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting for a a, a full trailer for um, American Born Chinese. But uh, did you guys see the trailer that was just here's the Oscar nominees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, these guys are in Oscar, the show. Oscar winners. <laughs> they're not in the show a lot, but they're in the show. Drop and it, like, drop it. 
Because they also do like you know because like Michelle Yeoh and and Ki Hu Kwan who are like who are in the show, and then they're like and then special guest star Stephanie Sue's on the show once. Hi, I'm in one episode. They're like, hey, that movie that like won all those awards, we put that cast in the show. <laughs> all right, um, Renfield had a TV spot. No, normally I don't do TV spots, but this was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love this. I showed this to you. You did. Because I, I was just on Twitter and, and I, I saw it and I'm like, ooh, I love it. And I was like, we need to talk about this because um, the way they have faithfully both recreated footage and also used the old stock footage of, of Dracula's castle and then just slightly uh, it upgraded it and modified it. Um, it's amazing. I've seen side by sides of like people talking about it. I'm like, man, they really did it. They really just like recaptured Dracula. And it's, yeah. it's wild. The, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with the appreciation. The side-by-sides of like, they did the exact same lighting tricks, you know, to get like the light right on his eyes, you know, those old school, like those old school methods. The um, cage is going to be nuts. Yeah, it just looks like, yeah, this was like, just like, you know, 30 seconds, but like, it just looks like a really good time with, with uh, Nicholas Holt, just, you know, just being a Renfield to Nick Cage's Dracula, as you do, you know, burns alive. Are you fine? Are you okay? No. Really good. Really that looked really good. It's a puppet, and it's just no. Oh. Yeah, yeah, like a, like Wolverine regenerating, Love like it. a Fright Night level. Yeah, Flex. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or uh, reminded me a little bit of um, Dead Dead, Dead Strange, Zombie Strange. Sure. sure. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> cool. Mrs. Davis. Oh my God! What the f is this show? Damon about? Lindelof's new show. Yeah. Damon Lindelof. So this show, with just how insane it is, is either going to be like incredible or it's going to be like horrible. Yeah. Like I don't see this sh- like a show that is <laughs> taking this many like uh, uh, taking this many big swings. Uh, it's either going to be like incredible, like Watchmen, or something like really terrible. Um, it is a show about AI and like, and it's like t- basically like taking over the world. And this one girl who I thought was Rebecca Ferguson, but it's not. It's Betty Gilpin, yeah. and I, I've now. I don't get actors confused. This is the one time where I'm like, oh, damn, they look really similar. Oh, man, English women, right? Uh, uh, I think this looks awesome. I think this looks awesome. I, yeah. I didn't even know what the hell I was watching, to be honest, because I was, while I was watching this trailer, I kept thinking about those pros. I was like, oh, she wants to talk to you. She wants to talk to you. I was like, what is this show about? And then I see this trailer, and I get some form of story. I'm like, what the? What if Alexa is like an artificial intelligence that like wants to like take over your life to make your life better? And like everyone in the world already listens to her. So it's just like constantly like all these yeah. people are like, hey, she wants to talk to you. Yeah. Like everybody's plugged in. They're basically, for all intents and purposes, zombies. They're basically yeah. hooked up to a machine. They're technological zombies. It's just it's just an AirPod, essentially. But and they are hooked up to a machine. Yeah. And that is that is like that is such a really like really cool modern way of doing like an infection. Yeah. Uh it is I think it's really brilliant. And that's why I hope the show is as good as it looks. I I initially saw promos for this not really promos for this but like people uh were sharing screenshots and i was like oh it's a nun drama because normally when i see a nun it's either a drama or a horror movie i was like okay it's a nun it's a nun drama or horror movie and then like watching it through it feels very tonally different than a damon lindelof story which i really like um and and it's it looks really funny uh the the actress what was the name again eddie gilpin Betty Gilpin looks like she's 100% committed to the story of just like, hey, I'm looking for the Grail, the Holy One. Yeah, she's on a quest uh, kills for the Holy me. Grail for some like it, it looks just like a complete bonkers. Like we're just this is just a heightened realism like weird world. Just like yeah. you have to just go with the flow with it, um, where it just throws you in and it'll give you as much information as you need. Um, I think this looks like 
like such a big swing and like and it just looks so fun and i love damon lindelof and like when that dude like when that dude does swing and he hits like we get watchmen uh and also lost like lost is a great show it has like you know uh, seasons that are weaker than others but like that's also an incredible show the leftovers like, leftovers thank you absolutely like the dudes the dude's more hits than misses um so like yeah i, I hope the show is as cool and unique as it looks and it's not just like nonsense because yeah. that's what it could be it could just be like nonsense sparks anything you want to add to this no, he captured it pretty well. I echo everything he said. Finally, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Brandon, I'm surprised that you almost missed this. I didn't. I thought it looked terrible, and I took it off. You thought it looked terrible? Oh. I do. I do think it looks very bad. Oh I share God. the same sentiment. This was not a good trailer. I will say I'm in the middle. I, do you love it? No, I don't love it. Right. I think I think it's a good trailer. I'm not in love with the trailer, but you're I, just like about to be protective of my feelings. Well, no, I'm just like I'm just I'm in the middle. Like I like this trailer. Sure, sure. Like it's it's not it doesn't look like Pixar quality to me. It does look like you know weak like weaker DreamWorks in my opinion. But like that's I think what we, I thought as well. Yeah. Uh, but besides the animation, I think the idea itself is awesome. And making Ariel your villain, I can't. I wonder how mad Disney is that you literally just have the Little Mermaid as your villain for this movie. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, and her being like a weird superhero, it's like weird superhero, like a uh, part Little Mermaid movie. Like, it, I thought it was interesting enough. While I do like the twist on how the Krakens are the good guys, the protectors of the ocean, and the mermaids are the villains, just so, I don't know, just something about this trailer just seemed off and it did not look good. Well, Sparks, why did you want to add it? I think I. You know, just because it doesn't look at like the best trailer doesn't mean that we don't talk. This is the usual stuff we talk about. Um, I, I don't think it looks incredible by any means, but I do think it looks interesting. Um, the, you know, it, it's it's a interesting premise. I'm appealed to the animation style. Um, not not as directly as I would be to like, you know, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish necessarily, but to um the take on this this crack and stuff i think this uh, there's potential here like mm -hmm. i i there's nothing that's immediately putting me off i won't say there's nothing that there's also nothing that's like making me go who gotta see this one but it's like i think the the yeah. the trailer itself it's like structured in a like generic trailer way yeah but i liked the stuff that i saw in it so i'm hoping a second trailer can flesh it out instead of you know like here's just cutting random scenes together to try to tell the, the whole movie like like poorly yeah uh just like give me the vibe like what, what what's the vibe of this movie that's what i want to know give me the vibe i think there's some interesting things in the trailer like i like the idea of the krakens being super superheroes almost um and when the little mermaid is big uh they do this really cool thing with her hair that is just water i thought that looks really cool mm -hmm. but i think the reason why i had such a such a negative reaction to it is because coming off of a year where dreamworks crushed it uh, with only two movies, the bad, bad guys and Puss in Boots, to see this kind of go back to where they were prior, because I, I don't, I, you know, I think the animation looks very much like where DreamWorks was was working with prior to this, yeah. um, pr prior to the to what they were doing last year. Uh, the story kind, of, the story isn't really told to me in an interesting way within the trailer, so it very, felt very much like old DreamWorks to me. So because I was so excited coming out with DreamWorks, uh, out of 2022 for DreamWorks, to see this be the first thing, I'm like, oh. I'll, you know what? I'll, okay. I will agree with that. I was surprised to see this with DreamWorks because I, I mean, I'm, I don't, I can't, I couldn't, I guess I shouldn't assume that every movie is going to look like Puss in Boots because that's sure. probably a really expensive ass movie to make, right? But like, 
it does feel like oh this feels like a like like 20 2014 looking ass movie well like, it also probably was one they were working on where they didn't go for that style from the beginning like yeah, they made yeah. different choices and and different swings and it just so happens that this one had to come out after the other two yeah um yeah. you know like it, it might be one of the last if not the last that they make this way yeah uh, but i i don't think that's necessarily like i don't think the animation looks like garbage either it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> what we got last year brandon's correct um which stylistically is more appealing yeah but uh i don't i don't think it looks like trash it's giving me like these diary of a wimpy kid for a girl um story like teenager story vibes and i kind of i'm I'm not against this sure yeah yeah. all right anything else no all right so we're, we're gonna go into our book club now and then we'll move into our main topic after Uh, all right, so it's my turn. I picked uh, Superman and the Authority, written by Grant Morrison, Ma- uh, Mikkel Janin, and let me get the other artists because there are some villain arts. Travel Foreman, Evan Cagle, and Fico Osio. Mm, love it. Um, so this is Grant Morrison returning to write Superman, telling the story of Superman older, and he needs to put a team together for something, for a something. We don't know what initially. What do we think about this? What do you think first? I want to because I, I partially read this already before. I really enjoyed it. I really like Grant Morrison writing Superman in general. This really kind of look, it's not his best Superman work. Um, there. well, it's also there. Thank you. Also, a, a different Superman, yeah. And I think it's he a writes a really Superman that he's doing. I think he writes a really interesting version of Superman in this, and I, I, I had a really good time with this one. I think the characterization is great. Um, I this isn't a negative on the book. I just want to say this. Like, if you're someone who is interested in the authority, this should not be your first book about the authority because one, they're barely in it. You should just read the authority because that's what those that's what those movies are gonna be based off. But this is a cool idea of taking Superman and like what if Superman needed to bend his morals a little bit to save the world because the old ways didn't work. Almost like a kingdom come thing with Magog, right? Um, my only real issue is I think this is fun. It being four issues, even if they're bigger issues, like it. It's just leading to another book. So like it felt just like a meeting characters. Nothing's actually happening. Yeah. There is the ultra, the ultra humanite, who is, fun fact, who is Superman's very first villain. Mm-hmm. So it is fun to have the full circle thing. But I just think also, uh, I'll get into it later. This got this was 5G shit. A lot of this book got screwed over with 5G stuff. And I and I did a lot of reading behind the scenes because like this book's weird. This is a I think it's a good book, but it's a weird book because it's four bigger issues that lead into another event by a different writer and i don't that wasn't originally going to be the thing because of 5g um so i think that i think that hurts the book in just being a self-contained little thing because it's building to like a completely separate story by somebody else um but i think the story that we got it's fun i think again the characterization is really great um i love i love their superman uh their older a little more grizzled superman um uh again like that that's what i come to grand morrison for is like great characterization and i did get that Sparks, you're about to say something. No, I, I I agree with Ryan. Like, I think the characterization stuff is good, but when I was getting to the end of the third issue, and like, you know, the the meat of the story, it felt like to me hadn't really taken off. I was like, oh, this is like not going to be the kind of title I thought it was. Like, I, I appreciate taking our time to meet these characters, and like, Ryan makes a great point. Like, Grant Morrison's characterizations are are super on point, um, but it didn't feel like 
a fully served story when it was all done. It felt like a prelude to another story. Um, which is just kind of odd. Ben? Yeah, I'm, I do echo a lot of what both Ryan and Spark said, but at the same time, I really enjoy it when Grant Morrison writes Superman because almost every time I read a Grant Morrison Superman book, it gets weird. Like shit goes weird. Yeah. And even like when I was trying to remember, like obviously I've read All-Star Superman, but even when Morrison took over Action Comics in the New 52, that storyline was pretty weird, if I do say so myself. There's he, well, the ending of or, that story is wild. Yeah, I mean, they, excuse me, they bring in a lot of concepts. They bring in a lot of um, batshit crazy ideas. Not that they're bad, but it's just they're really out there. So with um, Morrison writing this, it's like I'm glad to see Morrison writing Superman again. And also, I really like this idea, this older Superman. I love this Grizzle Superman. I love the Kingdom Come emblem, but it's not all doom, gloom, and sad. This Superman is like, hey, I made a promise to John Kennedy. I wasn't there when he died, and I and my powers are fading. I'm getting Call older. I'm not the I'm not the man I was before. I'm gonna need some help, and I realize I'm gonna have to bend the rules a little bit. Like when he's talking to Manchester Black, I love how Manchester's like constantly says, "I tried to kill you before," and Superman's like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, That's I fine. I really like that first issue a lot. The setup of of like him talking with Manchester Black and saying like, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling like you really want to do something, and I, I think I can I can provide kind of the guiding way for you to make some real change in the world, and I want to do that. I want to trust you to do that. Um, but hey, you got to make a decision pretty quick because like some fan zone people are about to come out, and like I I could really use your help dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like banking on like, but it's really ultimately your decision. And I, I, I really enjoyed all of that. I thought that was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a fan of Manchester Black, so I really enjoyed that. Hell yeah. Um, I also, I will say I got really confused when um, after Apollo and Midnighter joined the team and they went to go to get the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like an additive story at the end of it. I didn't think that was like part of it. So I actually skipped through. I was like, is this part of the story? Oh, okay. There they are. Yeah, it is. So I had to just go skip back and start reading it. Cause like I said, there are times where Grant Morrison likes to get weird. They throw you curveballs. Yeah. You think they're going right. They actually go left. So it's, it was, it was a bit of a trip but at the same time. I do enjoy it. I do think that I do. I'm not the biggest fan of like a whole, it's a prelude to another thing. But all in all, I still think this is a good Superman story. And I didn't know that this year was Superman's AFF anniversary. So I'm glad that we are starting, we're we're reading a Superman book this year because I'm like, I want to read more Superman. And here we go. Mm -hmm. I think um, Grant Morrison is so punny. And like, I think the funniest that this issue gets is the Natasha Iron stuff where the AI becomes alive. And then she's fighting like actual like digital trolls, like like internet trolls, yeah. which yeah. happens in Moon Girl Metal Dinosaur. The and the Edge Lord Supremes. And I'm like, and she's like, this is all just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh th- I thought that stuff was really, really funny. I think like at all the character introductions and the villains that they face and like the story, again, like I loved all like all this stuff, but like it kind of just, just ends then. Like I was this yeah. feels like the first half of an arc. And then again, yeah. like it, there was supposed to be more of this book. And 5G didn't happen. Um, Damn you, uh, 5G. I also want to make a quick note to like, because you were bringing up the punny and like there, that, that stuff, like what you just gave an example of work. There was a little bit of too much, like, I didn't feel like it was serving the story. I felt like it was just like, uh, 
just dropping in terms that are current that felt like I don't know why that this really needs to be here like talking about the concept of like really hitting it like gonna get canceled and oh sure, uh, sure. The, these kinds of things I'm like these feel like just like hitting hot buttons right now that I don't know that they're really belonging in the story other than to like say this is like a very modern tale yeah so yeah you guys are 100% right I said this book was fun but I have a bit I have I have a couple of big problems with it. Um, one of one of them is that it's a prelude to Philip Kennedy Johnson's super action comics war world saga. Um, that's a huge problem for me because it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. This that is not an old Superman. That is the normal Superman. This and then at the end of it, they they just gotta be like, oh, then he. Then he puts on his old suit again, and that's what happens. And well, so we're he, just going to do it like that. To be fair to that book, he does have the white sideburns. So th- this sure, is the I don't thing. care. Sure, oh, I don't care though, because this like here's the a, here's what I'm talking. Here's what I'm trying to say, Brian. the The reason why it bugs me so much is because this is an older, grizzled Superman where his powers are draining, his powers are no longer there. Yes, and that's not the current Superman. That's that's just not. It is on Warworld. Yes, it is. But he's on Earth. And he's, he's, if, and he's losing his powers. Oh, he's okay. losing his powers on Earth. Yeah, yeah. But when he's on Earth, when he comes back to Earth after War World, I've read that issue. He has his powers. Yeah, that is again. That is that is unfortunate, and that is that this he was... can't fly in this ish, in this book. Yeah, he he can't levitate though. That just keeps him on his on his toes. That um, was that was weird because yeah. like when I start the book, I'm like, oh, this is like a you know like it it, it feels like set up in Else Worlds. Yes, that's that's what I'm trying to talk, that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. And yes. then when you get to the end and it's like, follow the story in action comics. And I'm like, but but this isn't Superman right now. All right. So I, let me read this quote uh, uh, from someone. Uh, uh, this story is a bastard child of the remnants of 5G. The DC universe was supposed to have been compressed, compressed with Superman coming out of the scene in 1938 and aging naturally. That's why the, that's why this feels so confusing, because this was a different universe that never happened. And then they just retconned it into the new rebirth stuff, or or whatever the the new stuff is called. And then they just did it. And then they just eventually were like, just don't worry about, it. just don't worry. Well, don't worry about the five G stuff. And here's the thing: Grant Morrison has has had has had has had to handle continuity stuff going on in other books before with yeah. his Justice League run when Superman became was split into red and blue. He didn't write the book any differently. He just had the he just had the artist make Superman red and blue whenever he whenever he, that that was the version, and Thanks. so so days. I'm so sorry. Fucking shit. Um. So the the whole thing of like this this idea that he had to deal with this continuity has been done better yeah. in a book that he wrote. And oh, yeah. and and so to kind of go into the idea of like this. To, to make the excuse that this was supposed to be 5G, if this was going to be so sloppily thrown together at the end to be like, actually, this is fine, yeah. don't release it. Frankly, no, don't release it. No, I, I, I am with you. And they salvage this book. And like, it's a thing of like, yo, do you not release a new Superman Grant Morrison book out, even if it's not that good? And like, I, it is a good book. It's, just, it's not it's, that it's, it's good. It's, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's it is a good book. It's incomplete. it's incomplete. And again, like, do you either, like, the, the the stages were being already set for so much stuff like you just can't reverse it and like unfortunately th- this we didn't want this to happen to Grant Morrison we're like one of their books and I'm not I'm like, not Whoa. making any arguments against Grant Morrison I'm this is that clearly this is purely on an editorial and I'm not even attacking Ryan but I know I'm, I know I'm really heated and I don't mean to just throw that all on Ryan that's not what I'm trying to do here I'm just trying to say that like this is an Elseworlds book 
Yes. This is a, right. a million and 10% in Elseworlds book that yeah. at the very last page they decided wasn't. Yeah, right. That's yes. And that true. legitimately pisses me off. No, I am I am with you. Yeah. Um I'm with you and like I'm sure whatever Grant Morrison's plan was going to be, uh uh that probably pissed them they were mad about it as well. Like they came back to write a new Superman and the Authority book and like again like Grant Morrison got to write the Authority for two issues. And then that book never, never happened. So this was him. This was them coming back to multiple characters that they've done in the past. So like, I'm sure they they were just as mad that all this shit happened. I remember it being a big deal when like this announcement, you know, came about that we were getting this and like, well, what's this going to mean? Like we were seeing like the first look at the image that's on um, the the front cover of Brandon's book there. Yeah. And like, you know, oh, this is going to be something like, and, and then the buzz kind of died around that. And now that we've read it, it's clear to understand why. It's yeah. Because like, this is good foundation stuff. It just doesn't go all the way through. And like, there's, there's a lot of elements I really like in it. Like, it's not a bad book at all. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just cut out at the knees. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's so interesting that I, I, man, I really, I just really, I wonder if I can find an interview that they, that they did where like, where was this going to go? Because like they introduced two members of the authority, <laughs> Apollo and Midnighter, right? They're, they're, they're from the original run. Uh, and all the people like Manchester Black came like very later on in like in, like the fourth or fifth volume incarnation, right? But like the original team, only two of those people are on that team. So I'm very curious. Uh, like they mention other characters, they mention Jenny and, and John and, the, and like all those other people like by name. So I'm like, and they show and the bad guys, the other the evil authority with like the Nazi dude. Like I'm just like, man, like what what were you what were you setting up? Because like I'm I I did like it. it and just, it's not and it's not even just like the Superman getting old stuff. That's like clearly it's an Elseworlds thing it's also like this concept this this baked in concept that like the justice league have all aged up yeah and they failed and like this is on the new generation now and like it it, it it's it paints a picture of like an Elseworld that i want more out of it's um it's when i learned that's what 5g was it was all my legacy heroes becoming the heroes that i realized that is what i wanted and they didn't give it to me yeah they're kind of uh, even to me with Teen titans now though a little bit the 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 couple a couple more things I want to say about that and then I want to move on to something positive because like I, I I there are things I like about this book quite a bit. But Light Ray, who as far as I know is a new character for this book. I um, don't I think I've I never, think it's a gender change. If she if she has int- if if she was introduced in something else, I haven't read it. This was my first exposure to her. I like her uh with a little we get of it. Um and I, I and it feels like it oh, yeah. like even if this book had ended with not the end like it, it like tease something more like multiversity does then i would have been fine with it but the fact that it says go to action comics for the war world saga and then has yeah, yeah. this bullshit ass page in the end here of him putting on his normal superman clothes yeah, yeah. um and then the light ray is thing i like so that, I, so even like, that's I, fine like I, but like the superman thing just ticks me off no i get you uh light ray is a new gods character from the 70s uh they also appeared okay. in mr mr miracle tom king's mr miracle um you know like not not a, a very big dc character but mm-hmm. like it makes sense for them to show up to do like to do new god stuff and like that man that was one of the most interesting things for me is seeing light ray is because that means that like they're posing light ray to be like the opposite of dark side 
and that is really cool. And I don't know if that's if any of that actually gets uh, touched on. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and I'm I, into that idea. Yeah, I, I'm, him having a part of the source wall. What? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm into that too. Yeah, I think I think another part of it is just like you know the the, the lamentation of of not exploring this world more is um, I find it really fascinating to have this Superman who's like not dour but open to admitting yeah we kind of dropped the ball because we thought we were winning yeah and like i appreciate this because usually when we when we acknowledge that like failures have occurred and like we're dealing with an old superman it's a superman who's very depressed about it yeah mm -hmm. and i like that this is a superman who's like i still think there's a chance to turn it around and that i can still find a way to to make a better world before i'm done and I like that idea a lot. And I like the idea of a world where that Superman has had to kind of come to be in the way that he's coming to be about is he's like, I see the potential for you desiring to make the world a better place inside of all the things you've ever done, Manchester black and things yes. like that. Here's an opportunity where we can do that together. Um, and I think that plays really, really well. So it is a shame to like not have that full concept explored to its final conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also you mentioned already, but I did really enjoy that Ultra Humanite is the villain in this book. Um, they being the first Superman villain. Uh, Superman, by Brainiac. Superman. Yeah, Brainiac's. Uh, I like Brainiac's uh, stupid little suit. Um, you know what? I love. I love the. I don't know. I'm sure there's been a Superman story that's either gotten close or done this well, but I really do like what Grant Morrison does here in the in the last issue with the idea of Superman and Brainiac not in the same location and kind of squaring each other off. And it's like, and I put these pawns here and he's like, Brainiac, please, come on. I I saw that. That's why I put XYZ over here. Yeah. Like I've caught you at every angle. Like we were playing chess and I'm done and I'm walking away from the game table. Like F you, we are done. Um, And I really like that too. I, that, yeah, that vibe is really tight. It's this line that Lois says, that felt a whole lot like trying to convince a chess grandmaster you've been playing by the rules of backgammon all along. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I think that really plays and it's a lot of fun that he's like, Yeah, I've assembled this team in such a way where like you totally didn't even have a shot. I predicted you at every move. Yeah. Um and I thought that was fun. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about in the Enchantress issue. I really like this whole idea where um, Superman's saying, like, so you're oh, saying you want to get rid of good. This is so good. good will never be there. And great. if good isn't there, then you will feel good. Uh, and, wait. oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoyed Superman outlogicking. Yeah, that's like I that, said. I thought that was a lot of Dormammu shit. Uh, yeah, that, again, that's, like, that's, one of the, that's one of the things I really like about Grant Morrison Superman is that he doesn't forget that Superman is also really intelligent. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's a, he's a really smart He's a really smart guy. He's not as smart as Batman, but like there's uh, different ways of being intelligent. And because his brain works so fast um, that he's able to do things like that. And I like because that a lot of it faster. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that a lot of a lot of this isn't Superman in a battle of of uh, fists. It's a battle of wills. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Brandon, because that's basically all this Superman is set up to do is just kind of like have out thought everyone. He's like, ah, ultra humanite, you're the one thing I just didn't see was totally on the board, but it doesn't matter because I got you. Yeah, uh, uh, I and I really like the the threat, even though like Superman's like, nah, you ain't gonna. Uh, but of ultra humanite saying like, I'm gonna um, wear your son's face and oh, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, Oh yeah, the, I think that's very vicious oh, oh, and cool oh. and in Solomon Grundy's body. This made me laugh. Um, uh, curious. I've created se I've created several lifelike effigies of my persistent enemies: Luther, Brainiac, Parasite, and Metalla Mongol. But I don't recall Solomon Grundy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Solomon Grundy 
Ultra Human just hanging, waiting for Superman is incredibly funny to me. I think that was the funniest pretty good. part about it is because, like, you know, like, by what Superman's saying that those effigies were there before, and then rather than standing in the line at the end, he moved Luther over <laughs> to make a space for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is um, very funny, I think. Yeah, uh, Grant Morrison's humor is on display, which I, which I really appreciate. I, I really enjoy the issue of the, of them collecting the team members and um, Manchester and Superman uh, kind of playing into their dynamic. The My favorite one was Natasha. I think Grant Morrison has a really great voice for Natasha Irons mm-hmm. um, uh, that made me fall in love with her immediately. Yeah, I really uh, like her. I like her suit design in this too. Um, me too. Also, uh, I, I almost forgot to mention because I saved the page, but I really like when Manchester Black is messing with the soldiers at the beginning before Superman shows up and like what they're seeing because they don't have the side block and, and all that stuff. I thought that page was really great. Side block. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's also just like um, in Dragon Ball Super, there's a character named Goku Black. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's just a character who goes, oh my God, there he is, it's Black. And I was like, uh, just calling people Black. That's just weird. Um, I think this book is just a, <laughs> Just him being like silly and punny, and just like, I love that Grant Morrison never shies away from like stupid comic booky phrases. And he's like, "Look, they're re-phantomizing Mister Black. Thanks for the save." Like, just yeah. old school dialogue. I love that. I love that so. Superman much. always calls Manchester Mister Black, which I thought was yes. really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the actual uh, round table. I think the cast of characters that has been selected here are really fun and really interesting and they play really well together. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I am aware that they go into, into Philip Kennedy Johnson's run. Um, it does. I was already interested in reading that, but like, honestly, like this makes me like want to dive in even sooner. Cause like that run is liked by a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And Mikhail Janin does the art on those, on some of those books too. So it is a, it is, even though it is a shitty, like, uh, uh, like, what happened to the, to that universe that never happened? We do get a we do get some continuation of it, even if it's not the same. And I do think that is that is something, you know. I just think, regardless of fi- the of the five G thing, you could have just made this its own Elseworlds book, and it's yeah. fine. You just yeah. cut quite literally. You cut out one page of this, and it's still an Elseworlds book. Yeah, just like a four issue. Hey, what if what if Superman, you know, was older and he needed the authority? Like it just yeah, a fun little story. We don't get we don't get in canon that superman met jfk yeah like that's that's something that's that that's something as bark said like the beginning of this is an elseworlds book it's just flat out just not in the universe because it's the justice league have aged in real yeah. time yeah and again like i i love that concept so much but it is it is weird when this is supposed to be an incontinuity book when clearly it's not right yeah when it can't work it can't it literally superman wouldn't be born yet like that's the whole thing like it's weird yeah um I do think this book is really cool, uh, Brandon. It is just a shame that, like, having learned about, like, like, should this book have even have come out? And, like, I, I think yes, because I think there is value in some of the character stuff. But, like, it is a weird... If somebody picks this up on their own, like, I think that is a weird book to read on its own, I think. Yeah. I really like Grant Morrison. I really like Grant Morrison's Superman specifically. And I really mm-hmm. like... I really like how he writes the Superman a lot. It's 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 unique to his others to every other time he's written Superman. And I always yeah. appreciate that he evolves that they evolve that um, that run. I want to point to Mikhail Mikhail Janin's um, uh, Superman concept designs uh, in the back of this book, which I love, especially the white the white logo with white cape white with white cape. Yeah. Love that look. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm Mikhail so Janin into this is, look. An, is an incredible artist. Uh, you read. Like I remember a crazy person like 85 issues of Batman a couple years ago, and he did most of the art on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That dude is is sensational. Yeah, the artwork's incredible. Yeah, it's great stuff. It is. 
Okay. Anything else? Anything no. else, Ben? When uh, no. when y'all see the authority in the movies, they're gonna be much more violent than this book was. Right. Yep. Um. Okay. So, Sparks, it's your book club next week. Do you know what it is? I do. How do you guys feel about magical girls? I am all about them. Do they involve moons? No. Okay. Uh, we are reading a comic from Boom called Save Yourself. Um, it's four issues. Hell yeah. And so we'll be reading that. Um, it's not a series. It's a one-off. Uh, that is written... t- Does it tie into a war world story that I have to... No, it does not. Um, it's sure. written by Bones Leopard and art by Kelly and Nicole Matthews. Bones? Yep. That's a dope... I want to name my kid Bones. <laughs> it's a cool name. Uh, right. So that's that's going to be our book club next week. Love it. All right. So stay tuned for that. Uh, now, as mentioned up top, uh, these gentlemen are going to move into the to the review portion of this episode, the main topic. And I will bid you adieu. Before Good you night, go, Brandon, before yes. you go, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah. Oh, she Willikers, uh, BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com, KaijuRamaMedia.com and AtomicGeekdom.com. Check me out. I'm everywhere. Uh, see, all right, guys, have a good night, have a good review, enjoy yourselves. All right, y'all, welcome, welcome. to uh Shazam Fury of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Review. Hi, Brandon, you're still there. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about the newest DC cinematic universe or not, depends on who you ask or what the post credit scene you do or do not see. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the newest movie. Um, I'll tell you first off, uh, I, out of all the four of us, now three of us here, I like Shazam the least out of, out of the group here. Uh, uh, and I'm pleasant to say, I think this movie, it's a pretty good time. I'm not going to say it's life-changing, it's not a 10 out of 10, but it is a great time at the movies. It is what I want a comic book to be. You know, you hear, here's your mission statement, you do your mission statement, you got some good action scenes, you got some good comedy. It's a good time at the movies. How are you feeling about this one, Ben? Honestly, I think I like the first one a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit. Um, I, I was sitting on the Shazam Fury of the Gods for a, for a little bit, and I also had a fun time with the movies, but at the same time, I was like, eh, it's, it's, it's good. I pretty much, it's, it's not a, like, I don't want to like bust out like how I felt about Black Adam. I was like, ah, Black Adam's mid. Whereas this one was like, this one, I mean, it's a little bit better than Black Adam, but still kind of the same range, a little, at least for me. Um, sure. I like it considerably more than Black Adam. Yeah. I, I also don't get that you, hard. So, you know, I mean, if you put, you were to put a gun on my head and say, do you want to watch Black Adam or Shazam Fear the Gods? I picture Shazam Fear the Gods every day of the week. I don't care. I'm not watching Black. I don't want to watch Black Adam again. Yeah. But this review won't get 10,000 views if you don't say mid. Uh, okay, it's mid. There we go. 10K. Um, 10K views right now. 100K. Ooh. Sparks, how yeah. you feeling about the gods and their fury? No, I was pretty positive on this. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's like um, a better Joss Whedon's Justice League, right? Like uh, the, the way you go sure. to enjoy a comic book oh, movie yeah, yeah. at the movie theaters. I yeah. think this is a Light better, and fluffy. A better of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I think I also like Ben kind of like the first one more, mm-hmm. mostly because I think the uh character stuff that's central like billy's arc in that film is tighter than the character stuff we get in this one who's billy billy batson oh billy batson's in this movie yeah right exactly that's what that's a great point of what i mean is yeah, that yeah, like no, yeah. but billy has a very clear arc that's you know very tied to his mom and coming into the foster home yes. and i think that that story is genuinely like 
kept clear at the heart and like not only that but like paralleled very well by the dr savannah who is a boy who was rejected and billy's a boy who was accepted yeah, yeah that kind of stuff and i think that's all very well integrated into that film mm-hmm. and the character stuff here i find a little more Pop. not that there isn't good stuff here there is but it's for certain characters and it's very haphazardly placed throughout yeah. the film yeah um yeah that's right taste the rainbow yeah got, yeah. Good. got me T- good too taste the rainbow got everyone good there are we some were really funny moments in this movie oh hell yeah that's the thing it's like i laughed really hard at a lot of this movie in a way that i didn't anticipate yes i was pretty impressed with that yeah um particular like to be honest to me and i kind of wish the movie had just leaned into it more rather than felt frankly like beholden to the stardom of zachary levi which i think is part of what but this kind of felt like it should have been freddie's movie do he to to a large extent because like yeah a that act the the actor's killing it. The actor yeah. for Freddy, Jack uh, Jack Dylan Glazer. Yeah, he's so, he's good in that first movie. This performance, I'm like, oh, this dude's and he's this been, dude's really good. And he's been good in a lot of movies. Like we yeah, loved him it. in it. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not surprised. He's he's been one of the most talented uh, mm-hmm. from that it cast. Yeah. Um. So like him killing it. His career is only getting better. Is off the charts in this movie. Man. And and he has some of the best laughs. I I would argue he has the most clear arc uh for this film mm-hmm. um and i enjoyed it and i think if you put a little bit more focus on freddie even if that is through the lens of billy like like it's about billy and and freddie and i think they almost started that in the movie like the rift between them yeah and if they were both pulled more central into the character arc of the film i think this film would be very very solid i agree and while i do enjoy that you know there was a shazam I do think having that many characters and not giving everybody the same amount of screen time and a half sometimes like kids are depowered. So like, why are you just hanging out? I guess, which is fine. I guess like the whole depowering thing is interesting. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I thought the villains were fun. They were fun. I liked, Uh, I like, I really liked Helen Mirren. I thought Lucy Liu was really fun. She's, I like she that, went to see her a little, maybe too hard. Maybe look, a little too hard. Hell, I, I, I went into it like fearing Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu being very like paint-by-numbers villains. Yes. And uh, very quickly, uh, it becomes clear that Lucy Liu is unhinged. Yes. And Helen Mirren's going to have to reel her in. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you've already given me more than, I, than I was anticipating. And these are both talented actors who know how to carry the weight of the material that they're being given. Yes. Um, also, making Helen Mirren monologue read that long stupid oh, letter with all is the, a is a yeah. 10 out of 10 cinema moment yeah um with all the, the uh, i i errors. goddamn loved it yeah just like reading every error as she goes i was like this is killer it's like do we have any gatorade do we have red yeah oh yeah, yeah. steve secret mvp of the movie that little pen uh, uh being yeah. funny without saying uh real great did the pen just shrug yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i love that bit this is no like the Oh, go ahead, no, go ahead. Going on the, that monologue bit, she was you gotta love it when Helen Mirren is playing like this, this obviously this this god who's thousands upon thousands of years old, and she's just reading this letter with a completely straight face, reading all the errors, and it just that just got me laughing. She's just like, Yeah, what is this gator aid? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really good. Like he, Lucy Lou has some really good reaction moments like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think I think they're both pulling their weight plenty for this film. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh I I agree with Mag. I would have liked Mary to maybe get development too. I think I think that this movie like 
it should have been about Freddie and Billy and then kind of Mary on the side of that yeah. as like the, the oldest and like kind of recognizing that Billy's as she does, like, it's not that it's not there. It's just not fully developed. She's going to of college her, of her recognizing. No, she was stopped by Billy. She's from studying going to college. She's studying for college, uh, which, which frustrates her. Yeah. Um, and, and it rightly should. And I think being present and like her analyzing Billy, and I think that should be more directly present on like, she's like, you're, you're pushing Freddie away by trying to keep him tight. Um, and then why Billy has trouble saying mom, like when they brought that up at the beginning of the movie, you knew that there was going to be a come around moment. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 Check out. And, and for me, um, because the kids have aged the amount of time they have since Shazam and Billy's that much older, it didn't work for me to believe that he's, he's just been so resistant to calling her mom this entire time. I'm yeah. like, why? Like it does, it, it just doesn't fit. I agree with you, Meg. Um, Mag's making that point and I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like that was very forced and weird and, and like you could have you could have done the same amount of her reassuring him that they love him and he's family. Yeah. With him just being afraid that like when he hits the age he's gonna move out. Yeah. Regardless of like the him calling her mom or not thing. Like you yeah. just didn't need that beat. There was there was definitely potential for a lot of really good character moments with like Billy's story or Billy's main motivation is to try to keep his family as to get as together for as long as he believe possible, which causes a rift between him and Mary causes a rift between him and Freddie possibly causing a rift between him, uh, Pedro, the, the yellow uh, sister whose name I completely forgot. Darla. Darla. And I is love it Eugene? Her. Eugene. Is he, Eugene, yeah. Eugene. Essentially like the, and the three of them is like, dude, you're trying too hard. Eventually it's going to happen. And we're going to have to move on eventually. So that would, the fact that that wasn't really explored as, or there wasn't a lot of depth to it. Yeah. I would say it's a little detriment. I mean, it's still there. The plot is still there. I just wish it went a little bit deeper. And also uh, when Billy calls Rosa Rosa and everyone else calls her mom, I would have liked that being another big subplot of him, of Billy getting over the fact that his mom never wanted him in the first place. Sure. Like yeah. saying, essentially saying like, cause he accepted the kids as his family family and he's loving hanging out with them freddie's his best friend is also his brother but he's still little he still has some traumatic stress or traumatic he still has some trauma dealing with the fact that when he finally found his mom in the first movie she straight up said no i don't want you in my life that's why i left you there yeah so yeah. he's scared to go through that I, I think there could have been still a little bit more instead of because what she what he says uh by rosa everyone else says mom and then we get to that one part in the movie where he says, I love you too, mom. It's like, I, I don't want to say it didn't feel earned, but at the same time, it's like there could have been a little bit more. Just like, yeah. oh, I mean, I know this is a superhero movie. And it's about gods and ancient magic, but there still could have been some really good character development and character growth well, from Billy. And also seeing more of Billy as a kid instead of seeing Zachary Levi 90%. The first movie, it's about like Shazam being a god. And that movie's full of heart. Like right. this movie has, does have heart. It's just like, it's few and far between as opposed to just yeah. being like a kind of like a big fun action movie, which I really like, but like, mm -hmm. it, like it does, this movie does not have as much heart or like, no. you know, more like, like with Ant-Man, like Ant-Man lost a lot of heart when it went to the quantum mania stuff. Like, like, like I, I don't know what I get rid of. Cause I really like all the villain stuff and like all the, like, yeah. the like monsters that was that last act is so fun. I love oh, yeah. last I'm, act, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that last act too. I'm just, I don't know what, what could have, I don't want to say fixed it because once again, I do I do like this movie, yeah. but I still feel that there could have been more with Billy and Rosa. 
it's definitely one Billy's of those like not in the movie it's exactly. definitely one of those movies where it falls on that line of like it's bothersome because you see the potential to have been great and instead mm-hmm. it lands at good yeah um and it's clearly there like a little bit more of something somewhere here somewhere yeah. there yeah would have made great and mm-hmm. it doesn't end up there i i do man i'm of two minds about this because the thing is like i love seeing the adult superhero cast i think they're awesome i also like oh, yeah. seeing the kids. i think yeah. the kids are awesome yeah they're, they're still just as awesome as they were in the first one and but i like seeing the adult superheroes but i'm like there are scenes where i'm like why are they in their powered up forms and yeah. what and like to me what would have been more valuable is like i don't mind asher angel not really being in the movie much in the sense of like i don't think he's very good um, i think that's why he's so, not in the movie so so i don't mind that as much but i think you could have created a story thing where like when they're hanging out the rock of eternity unless it's eugene going through the doors and like actively doing something related to his powers they're in their depowered kid forms and all of them except for billy and Billy's staying in his Shazam form like it's a defense thing. Yeah. Like he's he no longer has confidence in being Billy and that Billy belongs anymore. So like Shazam mm-hmm. is how he's protecting himself. And yeah. I would have bought that and I would have been like, yeah, he can be Zachary Levi more often than not. Yeah. But the rest of them, I'm like, why are they staying in that form? I think the only other person who would arguably have that case is Freddie because Freddie doesn't need to walk yeah. on the cane when he's uh, in his super form. Yeah. And so I'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, him too. But I, like, I understand Darla. Because she's a little girl and she wants to feel like I'm a big, I'm a big strong lady. Right. And you can I make understand. cases for all them. And yeah, I mean, like can. Pedro, yeah, yeah. Pedro gets to be a very handsome buff dude. Yeah, yeah. And so like, there's all these reasons for them to, to be in their powered forms. I just felt like it was pretty inconsistent of like, why are they powered now? Why are they not powered now? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The way that that rolled down the line. Um, even though I liked seeing the adults as much as we did. Yeah. Because I really like that cast for this family. I think that's a good cast. Um, we got, um, we got Rachel, Rachel Zegler. Who is who is the youngest six thousand year old Anthea? Anthea Anne. Um, again, talk about like she is so talented, y'all. Oh my god, she is. She's able to do so much like emoting with so little like actual mm-hmm. character. Like she is really doing the most with like the little. Like she, like I she fully is. believe her love and like her friendship with Freddie and like she might be six thousand years old, but like humanity could teach her stuff. Like I I bought all that stuff. I think she is so so great in this movie again like, for just being. Like a just a villain s villain s. Yeah. Honestly, I was chuckling a little bit. Like when she says, "I'm over six thousand years old," and Freddie's like, "Oh," and then she kisses Freddie, and Victor's all like, "Okay, this is now very inappropriate." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are we okay with this? Kind of, kind of feels really wrong now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like that too. I think there's a lot of good stuff around her. Um, I particularly like when she's having the conversation with him at the at the their temple, and and she says like, "Uh, uh, I." you protected me now of course i was about to turn their organs uh, rearrange their organs but yeah. it, but you didn't know that so yeah. you were brave hero um, yeah. yeah she she does a lot of like again freddie and her kind of dominate the corner of like a lot of the growth in the film that i think has done really well and again like jack, and, jack is so good yeah. and so much of billy's character development stuff kind of gets sidelined uh <laughs> it's funny because like i said like that like the mission statement at the beginning of the movie is like all right i need to keep my family together and then at the end of the movie, I tried to keep my family together. I held too tight. Sorry, guys. And it felt like a South Park thing where, like, they're just reassessing the thing that they said at the beginning. Like, I felt like we need to write this in the script to make sure Billy's arc is complete. And I'm like, but is it? It's it's a South Park moment of, you know, I learned something today. Yes. It, it kind of felt like it felt a little inorganic. Well, because, like, it, it's it's because, like, 
it's not just that it's very clear from the beginning of the movie. It's that people are literally saying that to Billy. And then nothing really happens to make him listen to that more necessarily. Yeah, they are just challenged yeah. in the way that they are going, like some of them are going to be losing their powers and stuff. And so he decides like, yeah, my bad. But like, it's not direct. Those things, those ideas don't directly correlate to yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, like Billy should have just known. And now he's just willing to admit uh, that that was the case. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Let's talk about the wizard. I'm so glad Juman Hansu was in this so much more. He's so good. I had, such a blast watching him oh yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. dude i will never forget in my entire life seeing the, the wonder woman's back and then turning and it's his face on her body i wasn't prepared for that i that's that no, really funny whoa i the, no the laugh i gave out that. oh my god <laughs> i was still i was thinking it's like did they seriously get gal gadot in this movie i mean spoilers they eventually did yeah. uh but like the whole back it's like kind of like in uh oh god like in Shazam one with Superman, where they it's just like up to the neck, you don't see the face. So it's like, yeah. are they gonna pull a Shazam one? And then when he turns around, when she turns around, and it's Jimon Hansu's head, I'm like, oh, that's great, that's really? fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, love it. He is he's so good in this, and man, like David Sandberg, that dude directs horror movies. There's a lot of like horror shit in this, and the first one had it too, but like this one, man, like. The wizard pulls like a, a, a splinter, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh -huh. And then, he, uh, if you follow David Sandberg on Twitter, it's a prosthetic hand. It's a real, it's a real thing that he pulls out of a fake hand. Uh, and he's like, "Yep, I got, I got Jim Montana right here." Um, like some really scary. Oh my god, my I think my favorite scene in the movie is the zombie uh, uh, ear infection, where you whisper into someone's ear and then you oh, become a zombie and go infect the someone. Chaos. That's yeah, like the my chaos favorite spell. version. That's that's um, a like, really good inciting incident cold open yeah. for a comic book movie of them like storming into the place, taking the staff and then turning the, the, the real turn for me is like the, the breaking down all the statues into dust and then turning everyone else into the statues. They're now history. And I was like, Oh my God, that's yeah. pretty good. I, I, it's not a problem I have with the movie, but like their powers are not really defined. Like Helen Mary can just do like whatever change elements, change. I guess that's, that's yeah. Okay. That's fair. But like, <laughs> I feel like, well, no, actually let me think about it. She's only doing elements stuff. Okay, no, that's fine. We're fine. We're fine. Because then, yeah, Lucy Lou's only doing weird chaos stuff chaos with people's stuff. brains. She's yeah. just Wanda, evil, evil Wanda. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm and then sorry. the other stuff that they do that isn't related to those are them using yes. the staff. Sorry, uh, it, it is Anne I'm thinking of. Anne just does weird Doctor Strange shit where she's just shifting reality at a whim. Yeah. That it's is a like, little too powerful. Maybe because like she can't stop these people. Like, but she's it? just like literally rearranging planes. Not yeah. You know, yeah. like. Slipping in and out of reality. I'm just saying, you're six thousand years old. Yeah, Essentially, yeah, yeah. she could just go from one place to another place just by rearranging a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then, like, when she gets to that place, everything's back to where it was. But I do like how, um, when the lightning bolt or when the staff bolts coming at her, she escapes and she's like, oh, "Okay," and the bolt's still like, "Nope," still yeah. going right at her. Well, especially in like the first part of that, like you still you see it still coming as she's like stretching herself further and further away, which I thought yeah. was a good effect. I also like when it's used for comedy, like when she pulls them out of the dragon lair, yeah, and then they turn and they're like, huh? <laughs> 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 I think all that's done really well. Yeah. God, Jimon Hansu, I just I really like him. I'm really glad he was paired with Freddie for a large chunk of the film. Jeff, uh, Jeff, <laughs> he's like, I just I just said my whole name, dude. I'm I'm. Like for real, like Jack Dylan Glazer has so much personality. Like 
when he's when he's walking in the class and he just yells, Freddy! I think that's I think, my name. I think honestly, you get to this one, and one of the things is like he, it made sense to cast him in the first one as Freddy because like you want a really good like young companion to Shazam and everything. And now but, he outshines. But you get the to lead. this point, you get to yeah. this point, and you're like maybe he should have just been Billy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, I really like but him. The, man. But the other thing I think you run into with this one is also that just like, and it's specifically a problem with Billy because like the Foster kids can be the Foster kids, but like. Billy was cast too old. I said this when the first Shazam came out. They were not helped by the fact that the pandemic happened, but Asher is so old now that I'm like, this just doesn't work. Especially when you have Mary over there being played by the same actress in both of her forms, which is supposed to kind of say that all of them are playing their being played their older versions by the adult cast and yeah. i'm like well asher isn't becoming zachary levi anytime soon my friends nope. um like it's just not happening yeah and again like i understand like you make a good point of like him being defensive and like being staying as shazam but like no i'm saying that should have been more of the point of yes yeah, like, yeah. they should have used that as yes. a reason why he stays in the form um, give me a reason he's it's, yes you're exactly. doing that that's yes. what i'm saying is yeah. that like that should have been there yeah. i don't think that is there yeah um but i think that's something they could have utilized to explain like the presence of zachary levi so much because like i get it i would rather watch zachary levi than asher angel in this yeah. movie 110 percent. yeah like that's true um but but it is like odd to have so little billy in the movie and i see less of billy in zachary levi's performance in this one than i did 100 like again like it's, like it's crazy to think that like billy like only has a couple it feels like a couple lines in this movie as opposed to like zachary levi but like zachary levi's like like i'm a young kid i'm a super boy you know what like i don't feel like that's what billy is that is i didn't feel that with no, like, like the, eight, the, he's almost 18 yeah man. he's like no that's a that's a man that's a man <laughs> like uh it's gonna be funny going forward if just like just don't worry about the kid <clears throat> just don't it's it's, it's just Shazam. don't worry about it. um this movie um I mentioned some fantasy stuff that I really like, but this movie has a lot of actually really beautiful shots using, uh, using uh, uh, like the tree. Just specifically when we first meet the dragon, and the first time we Ooh. see the dragon is an incredible shot. Dude, yeah, with the wizard that, and shit. Oh my yeah. god, I loved it. The dragon was really cool to see, and even when it comes out and you see how the dragon looks, because it's the guardian of a garden, so it kind of makes sense that it's made out of wood. But I do like how the dragon's design. It does look menacing and terrifying, and yeah. also and looks unique. something right out of Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is like, you know, we talked about this when we got to the first one, like love the designs of the sins, but they were so colorless and bland. Yes. And here we have all these Greek monsters. Again, fantastic designs. They once again feel like old claymation ideas of what these Greek monsters would look like now brought to life again. Yeah. That is a lot of what we, it feels like we're seeing here, but these were so much more vibrant and colorful. Like I love seeing all that. Oh my God. The harpies. When the manticore is, which is the first one to come out, comes out with its scorpion tail and the, kudos to that extra of that woman because she has the best like what 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 <laughs> like, yeah. like that i've ever seen an extra have to something like that she and, so she, got, and, and she monsters, got stabbed these, these monsters look great yeah like they really do the unicorns mm-hmm. i will have to i have to say the unicorns like when they like when steve was like oh they they tremp they bow to the king of beasts which is and jimon hanzu was like the unicorn and of course Darla's like i love unicorns he's like no unicorns suck and like the whole skittles thing like how that came around like where she gives um where she gives mary skittles and skittles are in her pockets and she throws the the, the her skittle filled pants in the wash i thought that was great and how that comes around and how she's like this is the closest thing we have to ambrosia uh, it's probably is product placement, but this part, it's at this point, it's good product oh, placement. It's not probably. It's, it, it is. Oh, yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. 
it's fun product placement. Yeah, like, yeah, here's yeah. the thing, Ben. <clears throat> the Ambrosia bit is the thing that makes all the Skittles references that come before that work for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, they're all building that this is how Darla is about this, that she uses it for this, which is a specific plot beat. Yep. And I'm like, great. Y- you made it all work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and- real quick for Mag, because uh, Mag's leaving the comment. Oh, Still yeah. got to finish the comic book that ties in the movie, kind of, and it's written by the six members of the family. I totally forgot about that. That is Mag, cool. Yeah, that, that, that would be cool to check out. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. um, David Sandberg talked about the suits. Uh, and this is really funny, because this movie was supposed to come out after Flashpoint. Um, and it came out before Flashpoint. And his thing was, well, I'm just going to be honest. It was a new universe, and we just wanted to do new suits. And I was going to be like, yeah, this is what the suits looked like in this universe the whole time. And it's like, you know, new universe, new suits. That's all it was. It was like, you know, you, you, you know, Flashpoint ends. Like, you know, it's their new 52 suits in this new universe. And I'm like, well, Flashpoint hasn't happened yet. So it's like, why does he have new suits? Eh, don't worry about it. No big deal. Honestly, I don't like I, I don't like I don't like the metal. I think the metal is weird. <laughs> or did it? Will they retroactively say this was post Flashpoint? Who knows? I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, think the suits are to be perfectly honest i didn't really catch that they were new suits i was just the like lightning bolt the lightning bolt is much higher and it gl- yeah. glows <clears throat> yeah. and I, I i'll admit that i kind of i was thinking about it specifically on zachary levi it doesn't bother me as much on the other family members it's up like, there dude. on zachary levi i was like i liked where the bolt was placement wise on the on the it looks like a tie he's wearing a, a, a tie a big tie mm. especially like in our in our picture right here i yeah. love that we yeah. got the marvel reference <laughs> oh yeah that was yeah, great me too. um what do they call them like oh like over voltage or something maximum voltage. maximum voltage yeah that was a cute little callback with a guy he was talking to in the street oh the thing captain that, sandwich colonel yeah, sandwich colonel sandwich the thing that i really like like despite this movie having like big you know technically like world ending odds like it takes place in a city of brotherly love like it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like a giant movie even though it the is you know what i mean helps the dome thing really helps um i think that's why and i that like felt, it and that felt natural yeah it's getting moist in the city of brotherly yes, love yes yes yeah this movie's funny man absolutely yeah. like whereas it might be like you know uh uh the plot's fine you know the character <laughs> stuff isn't as good but like i think the action in the in the comedy is like really good really solid it's really I, solid i do love the way that he gets all the family members to go i was like boy sure seems like a great day in philadelphia oh my god and, and then like every fiascos and then he and then all the kids just go ugh really yeah. did your dad have super speed <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's there there is there's a lot of a genuinely good comedy i remember like one of the f- the hot lines you and i like for some reason it just it, it tickled both you and me um was when freddie says just screams his name at Rachel yeah. Ziegler like, yeah. out of nowhere. Freddy! Freddy! It's my name. <laughs> it's my name. Uh, I, I got, got, it got me. I am, I'm, this is, I know this is a weird movie, like a weird thing to say, but like, I, I, I like Jack Dylan Glazer so much in this movie. I'm like, I hope this dude becomes like a superstar. This yeah. dude has so much personality and charisma. Uh, and I know he's, he was on, he's an it and stuff, but like, I really hope like this helps his career uh because i he's so good and like it is a shame it is kind of a shame that he's not like he isn't the lead because like it, he feels like the lead in this one he's made it more than the other guy is can, I, yeah can, i'll be honest with you like something i kind of thought of early on in the film like what the staff was going to do when when it was first getting to that scene they were going to nail down uh when adam brody's on the on the roof right with the villains um my mind didn't lead to them losing their powers my mind leapt to them getting separated so the kids oh. were gonna have to interact with their adult superhero forms, and I'm like, oh man, I'd be kind of that would be awesome. Um, 
maybe another movie. Uh, That's the next one. But but I thought that would have been that would have been pretty wild to see. Yeah. Um. But I I I really enjoy the entire cast. I yeah. think um I think Ross Butler is turning like we get so much more time with the adult uh superhero versions, and I think they're all just so well cast, and the kids are still like top notch. Um. I also love the Pedro bit. Uh, where um, they're like, it's time, no more secrets. And Pedro says, like, I'm gay. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know, bro. Yeah, cool. Love we it. love you. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I also just, just love how keeps, he keeps getting struck by lightning. That's the, that's yeah, the thing. That's... Because there's an earlier thing, a checkout uh, electrician, like, yeah, our house gets struck by lightning. Like, oh, yeah, it's because you got a bunch of kids. And then, of course, what he does, Shazam, and Victor's like, is that why our house gets hit by lightning? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the... <laughs> Again, like I love like all like the Minotaur and stuff, but like I think the final action scene like uh, is really uh, inventive and cool. Like y- using this staff as like a battery, basically doing a Majin Vegeta uh, uh, yeah. against against uh, Majin yeah. Buu. I um, will say, um, I don't think that it's a plot point that's built up to quite as well as I wish in this movie. However, when thinking back to the first Sazam and kind of how the wizard kind of looks down on Billy when when he still picks Billy and that being the last indications he has from him before he dies which I'm so glad they just decided like no he didn't he yeah, we were yeah. reviving him um uh is Jimon Hansu I really love this bit where Billy says you were right you never should have picked me and he's like he has the whole speech where he's like that you didn't hesitate to share your power with your family yeah I was right to choose you yeah um mm-hmm. and I think that that's a really good full circle and very counter narrative to the one that we got from the wizard in Shazam. Yeah. That like, I I like that they brought him back because it feels like it is for a full purpose to like give Billy the confidence of like, no, 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 I was right. I I shouldn't have made you feel like I was wrong. I spent generations looking for the, because in the first movie, it feels like Billy's chosen out of desperation rather than purpose. Yeah. And the wizard, the wizard like really speaks to that, but like having him come back here and express directly like Billy's affection for his family is the reason why he's like, I know I was right. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I think that bit is very, very good. I do like, uh, I do like the idea of like the wisdom of Solomon is like, is actually like using your heart. I think that's like, it's kind of cool. Cause like Billy's not a smart kid. (laughs) He's not the wisdom of solo man. (laughs) Oh, uh, I love that bit where it's like the wisdom is like we're missing Sarwan. this one. It's like Sarwan. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The script. Oh, the the script because I brought it up to the Sparks before, but this script was written by uh, the guy who wrote the first one, but also by Chris Morgan, who is like one of the guys who did all the Fast and the Furious movies. He wrote all those movies, and I'm like, there's like some like there's some like uh, fun action shit happening here. I could see where his input was was in here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also really appreciate that the majority of our third act battle stuff is in daytime yes it's it's very vibrant very colorful i really like seeing it i don't mind that the very last bit is in nighttime i think it's still very clear to see especially because of the glow powers of both shazam and the dragon and all the light and so it's very clear what's happening like i don't feel lost or muddied um it it, it, that is part of what really helps this movie is just like it's just a lot of fun to look at yeah Mm-hmm. And, and the effects look good and like david sandberg is the guy who like he is a visual <clears throat> effects dude himself so like you know like probably having extra time like i think this movie looks pretty good it is yeah. a it is a lower it's you know it's not an avengers level uh movie in terms of budget but like it is it is it's a good looking movie like that dragon that bark dragon is awesome those harpies with their like white eyes mm-hmm. scared like man when's the last time i saw a harpy in a movie and yeah, it wasn't yeah. a superhero movie like what are you doing i love it uh wonder woman's in this movie i don't know why just See, here's what I thought. Here's why I thought Wonder Woman was going to show up. They need nectar from the gods. They need ambrosia. Who is a god that you know? It's... 
or you just come and resurrect the kid i guess that you, I don't know. so I, there was one thing where like that i'm not gonna i i don't care enough about this plot point to be upset about it but they basically say that like oh yeah the tree here can be revitalized uh by a god and i'm like you literally had two gods standing right here you mean they didn't need the seed they just had to grab the staff and zap it uh with their god strength because that's really all she qualifies for is that she comes as a god and she brings the life back to the tree oh yeah with she the does staff. just yeah. and so it's like wait so helen mirren and lucy lou could have just they didn't need the seed they could have just done this once they had the staff and and whatever i'm not gonna get that picky about that yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it is something where i think it's great that she restores the power to the staff resurrects the kid cool uh, i honestly think thought they were gonna do a thing where like we can bring him back but only as his adult body i was kind of hoping that. for that <laughs> that's what i kind of like i was like that's that's though that's the stipulation yeah. here like or whatever like, um like when he dies i'm like he's not gonna stay dead is he and then like i do like the zombie bit where he like his his hand busts through the ground and, or, or through the ground and everyone's like ah and he's like you guys bury me yeah like, uh, I will say, I one, I knew he he wasn't gonna die, yeah. but you have something in your teeth that is a spider. I'm I, sorry, that's embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> and she's like, it is. Uh, <laughs> but you're a good kid, or whatever. Um, I didn't feel emotional when Billy died. I did feel emotional watching Freddie watch his friend die. Yes, because Freddie crying, screaming, no, 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 we're supposed to be a team. Yo, that's there's a performance that you make me. And cry. I think, and I oh, think yeah. it's just like again, their arc had been so much more central, like the two of them together, and like the rift between them, and the different ways they're trying to move forward with mm -hmm. their lives. If that had been more central to the story of the film, then I think that that beat would have hit a lot harder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> that flaming violin that we don't know what it does. It's <laughs> haunting them. Oh, yeah, they just bring I, it. Yeah, they I bring do. it and distract them, and they're like, what is that? It's like, it's a, flaming, it's, it's a flaming violin, who knows? Distraction. Yeah. It's, uh... And then, I also even like when he distracts uh, Lucy Lou, and he's like, ha, that's twice. I got you twice. I didn't need flaming flame violin this time. Bye. And he just flies away. I love when, I don't know if it's the first time or second time, but Billy has the staff. He's like, cool. And he just throws it to someone else, and Lucy Lou just catches it. And I was like, Billy, what? And he's like, he's like, oh man. And then, and then yeah, yeah. the wizard, like the wizard's, like, uh, to to Freddie, like, your your cane, Shazam! Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. able to touch the staff with his cane, and that that's enough. Oh yeah, Adam Brody that moved really well and very quickly. Yeah, Adam Brody, um, who was going to be the Flash in the original George Miller uh -huh. Justice League, who was going to be Wally West. Seeing him in this, I'm like, damn, he really would have been a good Flash. Yeah. That dude is really good. He's really oh, charming. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so heavy. It's actually no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it, that man. Was Captain Every Power. Power. Oh, God. Captain Every Captain Power, Power Jr. <laughs> that was pretty good. That, <laughs> that was, was good. that was pretty good. But again, like, God, if they just kept them a little more central instead yeah. of getting, I, I do feel like it's important to keep the villain plot, like, going in, the in like, present for them as a threat. But, like, yeah. it feels like we got a little lost in the weeds on, like, the core character stuff that should have been going on for Billy. I think yeah. with how, with how, and I, I don't mean it's, like, really negatively, but how, like, simple our villains are, um, you could have lost some of their material to give more to our heroes, I think. Because, like, at the end of the day, there's like, oh, they're just doing a Man of Steel. Like, they're going to bring their world to our world, right? And, like, I, and I think, honestly, you could have, you you give a second pass at the script, you could have done more with how Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu are, are rifting apart. And just that like Freddy? Freddy and Billy. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's not, 
it's not all the way there. It just feels like it needed to 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 have like another pass on the script and like yeah, dig yeah. into like what is the central arc theme stuff for these characters. And you could have had something truly, truly um monumentously great. Yeah. Like even with that said, it's pretty good. It's it's a lot better than I was anticipating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I the early buzz was like hey, it's another superhero movie it's fine and i was like okay like and i already again i'm i'm on, on the outline but when you hear that you're thinking black adam yeah uh so like i guess my expectations were also low but like i just i do think this is you know it might not be as tight as like as, as quote unquote like a good movie as that first one but i had a lot more fun with this movie there was a lot yeah. of fun to be there's had. a lot like this is a great theater experience and i like i this is one i will probably i would watch this one again because it's like i want to see jimon hansu cut loose again him get a haircut looking all suave I do believe that the entire cast is having a good time. Yeah. And that, that helps a lot. Like whether it's the villains or our adult superheroes or the kids, I think everybody or the parents, I think everybody is here and committing and having a great time. Even Zachary Levi, I think like, even though I think there's some, some not quite consistencies of, of him portraying this older Billy. Yeah. Um, I still think he's like giving a lot to it and yeah. committed. I think I'm going to need another rewatch of this of this maybe when it comes out on hbo max uh, in a few months because unfortunately mm -hmm. my theater experience wasn't the best there was uh i mean there was a few small kids around where i was but also there was a dude in front of me who was on his phone a lot i hate sure that. that's I, and I, I was and i was just like he was right in front of me too and i could have used my foot to kick his seat to so he could and, and when he brought his phone out at first his wife or his whoever he was with said honey put your phone away but then he was going on it if you would go on it and i've my attention went i'm just like no, yeah it's it's hard in, dark, in a dark room yeah uh we we brought up a little bit earlier but matt mag is like surprised they brought the manticore yeah the second i saw manticore i looked over to sparks i'm like yo is that a manticore <laughs> yeah I'm like what are we doing with those greek mythology monsters i love it and yeah. again i think oh ben i'm glad you didn't get spoiled but warner brothers themselves have released tv spots for shazam that spoil the wonder woman tv the wonder woman cameo it's yeah, the line we both, of, we both knew before yeah, we went in like oh, uh, like not even on Twitter where like it was hard to miss. Like it was a YouTube ad that I couldn't skip for the first five seconds. You know how that happens? Wonder uh -huh. Woman is in those first five seconds. It's like, you know, like stay a hero kid or whatever her final line in the movie. They oh, wow. That's that. cool. So I That's... thought she was in the entire like last act or more significant role as opposed to just being what you show me in the trade in the teaser. It's wow, that's it was sad. baffling, and I do think because Sparks like told me like it's probably because like they're worried about the the, the this movie making money. Uh, yeah. I don't know how big the buzz is, and it made it made a decent amount, but it, it didn't make you know. I mean, it's like the same thing as like Henry Cavill being leaked that he's in Black Adam. Like they might not have put it in the trailer because yeah. it's, it's frankly such a small moment they would have just put the post credit scene out there. Yeah, but like it, it's basically the same thing where they're saying like you're gonna want to see this because Henry Cavill's gonna be there. Yeah, and I guess again like she's in that movie for literally four minutes and i'm just like man like i it wasn't even significant enough where like it didn't even bother me that i got spoiled yeah uh, okay i was more surprised she showed up in the diner with jimon hunch's head that was so yeah. that was so funny. funny yeah um so jimon hansu i'm again like i'm just so glad that he was in this i i think he gets to um have more fun in this role than he's had for a while yeah. in, in his appearances so like it, it was it was a blast to see uh, that the dream sequence. I love when he comes back with his new fit at Ooh, the end of the movie. Haircut, soul Ooh, patch. Looking great. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go turn into ashes now. And everyone's like, why? He's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just going <laughs> to go hang out in your world. <laughs> that's a joke. I'll see you later, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yo, man. That's, that's a funny movie. Um, do we have any final thoughts before we jump into some post credits? Not really. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, I do want to yeah, talk about I think, I think we've covered it pretty well that just like, you know, it's it's still quite good yeah um 
just like there are clearly some notches where like you could have you could have gotten it you know you could have like almost really gotten some incredible character stuff going on yeah. here yeah, yeah okay so uh i was definitely surprised to see hardcore hardcore and john economos show up because i'm like man we're just living in james james Gunn's world now aren't we hell yeah uh, not the characters I think would show up in a Shazam movie, but also not who I thought would after, show up in Black after, Adam. <laughs> right after she showed up in Black yeah. Adam, yeah, uh, which is which is interesting, you know. Like even though he uh, he he's joined <clears throat> on with James Gunn as this new lead, Peter Safran has been a Warner Brothers producer for a long time, right? So um, it's, just, it's, it's the Justice Society. Didn't we just see that though? Is this a new Justice Society? Is it that Justice Society? I'm is sure it, it is because like Waller's clearly connected to that Justice Society. Yeah. Let's just go with the context, like yeah. pre-flash of, of all this. Yes. Uh and so um Waller is connected to that Justice Society and Harcourt is as well. And so like when Waller recruits somebody and not Batman, they go to the Justice Society. Yeah. Uh and that's where she wants Shazam. They're like they're yeah, the UN, the UN Justice League. You know what I just realized? So once we got to that scene and uh, Fanny looks over to me, she's like, wait, the Justice Society? How's that different from the Justice League? I completely forgot that the JSA was in Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it wasn't yeah. until five seconds ago, I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Because I was yeah. thinking, oh yeah, they're going to form the Justice Society. We already got the Justice Society. Oh, oh Black Adam. Well, oh my enough. god, yeah, Dr. Fate was the best part of that thing. Uh, I do like Hawkman. Hawkman was cool, but Dr. Fate was was empty um oh, yeah i was forgettable it's mid there's a reason why i said it 10k um i i really like this post question just because again i love those peacemaker peacemaker characters i think they're great they're just fun actors yeah. to be around but like the idea that they're that like there does seem to be some sort of plan that that james gunn is building to is 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 and we're seeing even the earliest stages of it in theory in theory yeah is really cool because we don't know if this wasn't just also done around the same time they were doing the Black Adam tie yeah. and stuff. And so just trying to build that cohesive narrative that was pre James Gunn actually making the plans yeah. of the entire universe. Yeah. So we don't know how this is really going to roll into the next, I'm just saying the next chapter. They could have cut that if they didn't want to, if they could, this, I don't, just society stuff has to happen. Cause like, why include the scene at all? In? Like they could have cut it with James Gunn coming in. Why not cut it? If you're not going to do that. So his wife gets a paycheck. Well, she got no, paid I'm anyway. Just, <laughs> she got paid anyway. Uh, I just think I definitely think the second one we'll talk about that is the fun one where there's I think they're making fun of not ha of not having a plan. Um, but the first one, like it does feel like, hey, we're gonna throw something at the wall and see see if it proceeds. How do you guys feel about that? What if what if Shazam joined a society? He's an old guy. He's part of that thing once, right? Like you know, how do you feel about that? I don't know if anyone knows who Justice Society is. If you've never read a comic book. Uh, or didn't so, see Black Adam. Or didn't see Black Adam. Even then, Ben then knows the shit and he didn't remember. So yeah, like, yeah, I was know. all like talking about how the JSA were the wartime heroes. They predate the Justice League. Yada yada yada. You know, Not just anymore. like get, get, stretching my comic my comic knowledge muscles. And then it, literally five seconds, and then Look, twenty I'm, minutes or ten minutes or five minutes ago, it's like, oh wait, they were in the Black Adam film. Look, Son I'm, of a I'm, bitch. Yeah. I'm strongly all for James Gunn and Saffron's like future for the DC universe and like what they're doing. I'm I'm really all for it. I do think it's a shame that the Henry Cavill, uh, The Rock, uh, Zachary Levi showdown is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because partially because The Rock is like who's Shazam who, um, but also uh, because like we're just leaving all that behind. And yeah. I I do think that's a bummer. I think I, I think it's a shame to have had like Giamon Hansu in, in Black Adam last year. Yeah. And like all the connected tissue starting to really bake in. And it's like, that's that, that part of the story. That's not going to come to anything. Yeah. Um, 
and also how we're probably never going to get a Shazam Black Adam or Shazam Superman v Black Adam movie. At least well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, the man, The Rock really bungled things up because, uh, again, like David Sandberg uh, doing a bunch of interviews just, now. Just recast Black Adam and you can do it. 100%. Uh, he's talking about, he's like, yeah, like it obviously makes sense for Black Adam to fight Shazam. Uh, we all wanted it to happen. It just wasn't in the cards. Because he even said, because the rock, he even said that's money just being left on the table for Warner Brothers, but I, it's not my decision to make. He clearly wants to do it. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, the rock has too much power, unfortunately. He's, he doesn't want to be Tina Cuerta and, and be the cool Nemor character. He, which he just should have. He should have just, should just put his ego aside. He will never him. be cuckoo clock. Uh, Mag, uh, can you elaborate? Cool to see a cameo of a TV version, Billy. Oh, Batson? so there was a t- an old school like seventies TV show of, of Shazam of, of Captain Marvel. I wonder if like, do you mean the actor? Did like an old man yeah. show up? I'm pretty sure because the guy who was in the the red and white shirt who says "Good to see you, Captain Marvel." I'm pretty that... sure that was. Oh. I'm pretty sure that was him. That's the guy That's that cool. Mag is referring to. No, yeah, there's definitely because I just watched the video on Shazam and there was like an old TV show. That, sure. That he was. So that's a good catch, Mag. I love that. <clears throat> um, yeah. I had a feeling he was important because not only does he drop his original comic book name, but also he's wearing the the the, the color scheme of Captain Marvel Shazam. So I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he seems important. Love it. That's cool. Yeah, giving him uh, uh, the Captain Marvel. Oh, also like uh, uh, like how Shazam is his name. It's like, oh yeah, of course it is. At the end, I think that's that's cute and charming. I forgot that he didn't have a name yet. Just, that makes sense because the whole movie's like Captain Ivy Power and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's talk about a worm. Oh god, I'm I'm actually glad they brought the worm back and they brought. I would have been pissed uh, if they didn't. <laughs> yeah, no. I was I was expecting Black Adam to show up, but now that I forgot, Rock has an ego, never gonna show yeah. up. So, but I'm glad they brought the worm back and they brought Savannah back for a hot second. I uh, I Mark Strong, what a trooper! I love him just coming back to do a post credit scene. Like he probably yeah. like will he show up as Savannah again? Like in like real like a movie, maybe not. But like I love, and again like. I feel like this is like the opposite of that first scene, even if nothing happens with that first scene. But this whole thing of like, I'm the villain and I'm, I've am i been catching this plan for years. Two years. Two years. Well, hold yeah. on. Actually, it takes go- me time to go from place to place. I think it's very funny because like yeah. it was the post-credits tease from the last one, which is, again, like really funny in context because like nobody knows who that worm is. And so then, yeah. and then you get to two years later and he's like, don't worry, we're still making plans. But and hold on. Like, Will this ever happen? Uh, <laughs> hold on. I have to go do something real quick. The idea of Mark Strong's Dr. Savannah sitting in the cell just getting blue balled about potential revenge forever is pretty funny yeah um at first i thought just because you know my comic book brain i'm like oh is are they setting up oh the justice society and here's the villains that they'll fight then and then i'm thinking of like no that worm that worm ran away again before he actually said anything i'm like nah they're just making fun of not having yeah i mean that's really i think it was really clever like you just make mr mime just like the post-credit villain that would actually be incredibly funny uh where he only gets he only shows up in post-credit scenes and is just frustrated by it uh, I'd be okay with that. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I mean, because I was trying to remember the the Captain Marvel book we read a long time ago when the first Shazam movie came out that introduces that that war or it doesn't introduce, but the Mr. worm Mime. is the is a is a major villain of that book. So of course, when we saw it in the post credit scene, we we're like, oh my god, they're doing this deep cut of this book that we just read, and and then we get to this the scene. I'm like, cool, they're still referring to it. I like Lord, it. I, I do. I do find it funny. I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but Mag pointed out that the, we still don't get a magic tiger yet. And I'm like, you know, that wouldn't have fit in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, like, this movie's very stuffed as it is. Darla does name the kitten she adopts Tawny, but 
gives it back. I do like that scene where she's like, oh, kitten. she saves the kittens first. Just, and the girl and the Beatles like, did she just leave us? She zooms yeah. right back. Uh, <clears throat> any final thought, thoughts, gentlemen? I'm I'm really just on that post credits thing. Like, I'm really glad they did get Mark Strong back to do that because, like, I think that was better than just like not doing it at all. Is like bringing it all back again and being like, someday, maybe, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe. I, again, like just like humor on point for this movie. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. yeah. Uh, I I had a really good time. Um, I I think there are some minor things that could have improved it overall, but like pretty pretty good outing. Uh, what would you rate it? I had a lot of fun. I would rate it an eight. That is exactly where I'm at as well. I was, I was between a seven point five and an eight, but I think this movie is funnier than a seven point five would it would would give it. I think there are better qualities than a seven point five, so I'm giving it an eight. I think I'll still keep it at seven point five. Although I will say, you guys have talked me up from bringing it up because I was originally thinking maybe a six point five. But the more I talked about it with you guys, the more I realized that actually, no, this this is a funny movie. It's while it's not the best superhero movie, I still did have a good time. It was probably my theater experience that did kind of damper the mood a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, other than that, because after talking about the about the scenes, I mean, I will not laugh at Taste the Rainbow Mother. Nay! And you see like this, the unicorn neighing. I'm like, damn, unicorn scary. Um, yeah. The, the, yeah, black, black, heavy metal. Beasts. Yeah, the king of the beasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like how it has sharp teeth and not it's not just a complete horse. Um, this movie, I still believe that maybe if the script can get a once over, maybe a twice over. It, we would have something amazing the potential was there yeah mm-hmm. what we got i'm still happy about it but i still think we could have had a truly great superhero movie i still think this is a fun time in the movie theaters mm-hmm. but i would still say it's 7.5 it's still good it i, I like it i just don't love it if yeah, that sure. makes sense yeah yeah i i i'm happy that it came out much more positive than people were making me afraid of. Yeah. Uh, over the past. Yes. Year. Like it, I, I'm, I'm quite and, positive about it. And like, whatever, like whatever. Again, with that Just Society post credit scene, that makes me think that that they they could have cut that. Regardless, like Shazam will show up again. Like they're not done with they're not done with Shazam. Right. And like I liked I liked this movie enough where I'm like I would like to see this continue in some capacity, even if it's not another Shazam movie. Have the Shazamly or even just Billy show up in someone else's movie? Like I think, I, I hope think, we don't lose the family. I will say, I that. think that like, would be a huge if mistake. If we're losing, if we're not losing Billy, then I don't want to lose any of them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also the double edged sword of like you introduce a family so early instead of have Billy grow his own like his own thing. So like having it just start with the family, you can't. You're, are you gonna start killing the family? You can't do that. Like, you, just, you always got to have the family. It's always the sh- Shazamly. Yeah, always got to have the Shazamly. Love it. Well, all right. All right, so, Brandon, take us out. I got I, you. I, I was about to say because I just I just pulled the stuff up just in you case. Got I was it. like, you got a computer right in front of him. Go for so, it. We're gonna end the show now, Ben. I love it. Alrighty. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll I'm the Brandon now. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been watching, and thank you to those who have been watching the replay. Sparks, uh, Grayson, they've been in the comments and they've been probably watching us the entire time. Thank you guys so much. You said Sparks. Sparks in the comments watching the show. <laughs> Sparks is on the show, Grayson and Mag. That's why I was talking about. He got cloned. Uh, I don't, man, my brain, guys. 
It's okay. My brain sucks sometimes. I get it. But yeah, also we want to thank Jeremy Vellucci. He is the guy who makes all the cool music stuff that you guys hear. He makes our bumpers, our theme song. So you can check him out at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, right? That's the... Okay, cool. Yeah, so definitely check him out on Instagram and also check him out on The Real Score. That's going to be coming up soon and also you could check up you could check out his podcast suburban proctologist which you can still find on itunes as well as facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official and instagram at subproc podcast ben, and of you're doing, he, good night mac ben real quick you're doing a great job but yeah you did jump over the plugs that brandon does which is where he really quickly reminds everyone that next week we're talking about john wick chapter four ah, and yeah. And uh, Brandon did want us to mention that conversation is going to have new episodes out next month. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we got all three of our fake nerds watch shows out right now. Last of Us, Picard, Mando dropping this week. Check yeah. those things out. Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade, Pause Menu, Fake Nerd Book Club, Animation Station. Check out all that stuff. Hi, uh, check out our Patreon T Public. You can find links to all that on our website, fakenerdpodcast.com. It's all in the description. So check all that stuff out. All right, Ben, continue. Yep, that wasn't written at this part, so I completely forgot about that. Oh, wait, no, it is. I just you just didn't scroll far. It's just, it's just I, sc- I scrolled too far to the end of show, thank you, that's what I did. So, the Brandon makes this look so much easier than it really well, is. Well, yeah, he does it every day. He does he it every does, time, yeah. He does it every week. And, of course, the biggest thank you to Mike Matola. He is the one who designed our awesome logo that you can see in the corner. Normally, it was above my head, but actually, this time, it's above Ryan's head. How cool is that? <laughs> and you can follow him at Mike Matola on Instagram and tiktok where he is making very funny videos and of course if you the audience want to get involved and just talk to us and chat with us a little bit more you can we're on twitter at fake nerd podcast we are on instagram at fake nerd podcast and also you can email us at fake nerd guys at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us a little bit personally like maybe chat with me why i thought black adam was so mid you can at bed 27 which is on instagram twitter tiktok all around guys where can people find you on the internet you can find me ryan eliopoulos just uber hyped for john wick 4 i just love me some keanu reeves uh just triple shot and dudes who 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 killed his puppies even though it's the movie four that's like that's like 10 years ago at this point uh you can find me at dj tony snark 616 sparks you can find me checking into the continental to toast the concierge at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Oh, we are all going to be doing that when uh, that movie comes out because uh, my heart. True. But, anyways, subscribe to the channel, leave a like, hit that bell whenever we go live because that helps out because that definitely that really helps out the channel. It's true. And also leave a review wherever you find podcasts. But um, until next time, guys, let me pull up that one little bit. I got of it. Sh- you got I it? Know. All right, you got it. You're up to stay fake nerds. Stay fake nerds.